0: Fake, fake, fakety-fake. Hi, I'm Jody.
1: And I'm Vienno. Oh, sorry, I'm not allowed to say I'm Vienno. I'm Eric.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Imperial News, where I spend my whole week listening to the far-right podcast Rebel News and talk about convoy organizers spending time in prison. Normally with my friend Vienno. <laughs> but they are in Finland, right? Well, actually, technically, no. They, they have arrived back in Canada they are finished with their finland trip but they are jet lagged and still decompressing from the trip so i have with me eric of big shiny takes welcome to the show
1: well it's, it's nice to be on the uh, the regular feed i've been hanging out with you on the imperial news bonus feed for our own uh, our own little project called bad books by bad people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really, it really rolls off the tongue when you. Yeah, you make it. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it sounds good. <laughs>
0: so yeah, for anyone, uh, I guess I should say this could be like a test run for you. So, uh, for those who are listening, who are not a patron of either our show or the Big Shiny Takes podcast, we have been going through one of Ezra Levant's books called Shakedown. And when that's done, we'll go on to another book, but if you become a Patreon, we will release an episode each month, and you will get that by uh, signing up at least for Imperial News at any level. Uh, as well, I-, I think Big Shiny Takes is at a certain level, but uh, as well, if you become a patron of Big Shiny Takes, you'll also have access to it. So uh, so if you enjoy what you hear today, you might like what we're doing over there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Even if you don't enjoy it, you should sign up to yeah. the Imperial News Patreon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, out of why spite. Not? <laughs> you
2: know?
0: Yeah, that's right, out of spite. If you don't like us, especially, give us the money. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, that'll show us.
0: I should say as well. I mean, people who are familiar with our show are probably already familiar with your show, but why don't you tell my audience what you do over at Big Shiny Takes so they they know what to expect or 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 feel that they should go and check out that material as well.
1: All right. Well, honestly, like. I've always felt like Big Shining Takes and Imperial News are very similar shows where Imperial News covers specifically the rebel and the horrible content on uh display on that specific platform. Uh we cover Canadian media's opinion columns. So largely, you know, we do a lot of post-media column reading, but we did, a, we did an episode with Gordon Caddick from Darts and Letters last week where we read a column in the Toronto Star by Vinay Menon uh, that claimed that Matthew McConaughey had a moral obligation <laughs> to run for president. Uh, and, I mean, we, we spent a good hour and a half talking about why that was dumb. And so, really, our show is media criticism uh, in the increasingly insipid columns in this country um and we're just trying to hold the media accountable trying to make them you know feel at least slightly embarrassed for the terrible things that they write and though we have a lot of laughs along the way
0: yeah and there's a lot of overlap in the columnists you cover and their appearances on our show as well so you know i think uh you've done conrad black uh, uh Lauren gunter is another person who uh, again mm-hmm. has been a show have you done andrew lawton i guess he's gonna come up uh on our show today, but
1: <laughs> well, we—I don't know if we ever did an Andrew Lawton uh, column, but our our display picture on Twitter was him after he got pepper sprayed at the convoy uh, for months and months because we just we couldn't stop laughing about it. <laughs>
0: well, I, we will get to it, but uh, Andrew was on this week and he did bring up the pepper spray incident, so I thought it was very fitting uh, <laughs> to have you on the show this week, but. Uh, I guess <laughs> uh, we will get right into it because like it might be a long-ish episode we'll, we'll try to plow through it, but we're gonna get of course Monday he's going to talk about uh, a ab- abortion because of the ruling that came down on the Friday before and then uh, we got a bunch of stuff about convoys and all the the fallout from convoy stuff from back in February so it's gonna be a wacky episode and uh strap in. <laughs>
3: Hello, my rebels. Hello, my rebels. I'm a good boy. I'm a weirdo.
0: So, we're covering the week of June 27th to July 1st. And again, on the Monday, we are talking about abortion. Uh, that was on the 27th. Now, I will say we're gonna play a bunch of clips from Ezra's show this uh, Monday episode. but the audio quality is really messed up and that's because he's uh, he went to Calgary to I guess like break in their new staff there or something. and he I guess they don't have their like new studio yet. This was like a news story like uh, that happened I think around Christmas time where they were denied a loan from RBC and they blame it on like Trudeau or some like wacky thing, right? But like, so they still don't have their studio. So he's like, he doesn't have a studio to record this piece is I guess what I'm saying. So he's standing outside and reading his notes off of a phone. (laughs) 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 So there's gonna be, I mean, like, I'm not one to blame. There's often car noises, uh, given where my house is situated and what the mic picks up. But like, you're gonna hear a lot of like, you know, outside noises as Ezra tries to record this piece. So, uh, just I just I thought I would just say that because you're gonna hear it and be like, where the hell is Ezra? Is he in a field? Like, what what is happening?
1: (laughs) Just tractors going by, (laughs) cows mooing. So right out the
0: gate, Ezra wants to talk about uh exactly Roe v Wade, and since the official ruling came down on Friday, uh he he wants to say that the overturning is a good thing and the reason why he thinks that it's a good thing is not because like so he's never gonna like fully come out and be like I am against abortion even though we touched a bit about this on last week's episode because he had someone on who did a documentary that was like, criticizing the pro-abortion side of things. And you could tell with the way he was talking that he is anti-abortion, but he doesn't wanna come out and just say that. So what we're gonna get is this is a good ruling because uh, it promotes states'
3: rights. This law bans abortion in America is wrong. This simply allows the 50 United States to come up with their own rules. And you can imagine they might be different in ultra liberal San Francisco and other parts of California than they might be in Texas or Mississippi. Um, Is it a good idea to let states make decisions to have 50 different ways? I think it is. It allows people to move if they don't like a law as opposed to having some distant and partisan president or prime minister set the law for the whole country. I think government that's closest to the people, the lowest form of government, is the best because it's the more in touch. I love, like, just move. Just, if you <laughs> if you don't like a law, move.
1: I like that Ezra thinks that, um, you know, Planned Parenthood laws should be <laughs> dictated by uh, small towns <laughs> and their counselors and possibly their reeves. Like, it's, it's like, it's got to just be closer to the people. Mayors have to do everything.
0: Yeah, could you like imagine like like from township to township like laws just dramatically
1: change. <laughs> oh, this is a pro-life district. Sorry. Yeah, it it's it's just nonsense, right? And like I understand the business decision about, you know, I don't I don't know what Ezra's, you know, personal politics would be. I wouldn't want to hazard a guess, but it does seem like the savvy business decision for him to Um, land on the side of being pro-life, or at least appearing to be so, um, considering the people that, you know, subscribe and support The Rebel. The
0: the interesting thing on that note is that uh, we've remarked on this because, like, when I was first covering this show, starting, I think, around 2019, they weren't, like, overtly pro-life or anything like this. In fact, abortion almost never came up. In fact, I don't think it came up at mm-hmm. all. And it wasn't until the the past two years when he started uh, supporting directly the like churches that were coming under fire because of they were like disobeying COVID restrictions that like the show right. started appearing to have more elements of like religious conservatism, especially Christian religious conservatism. And so. Uh, <sighs> It's weird because, like, I feel like normally he would do more to distance himself from being, like, overtly pro-life. But you're even going to see in this piece, like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's telling, like, you could tell he's leaning in that direction. Like, there would be one way to do it where you, like, are appearing neutral. But, I mean, he doesn't come out and say it, but you could tell just with the way he's talking about this issue that he's not neutral on, on this subject, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and he wouldn't want to appear to be neutral either, right? Um there there is a, a real moment happening right now. Um and I'm sure he would like to um get on the wave of whatever horrible <laughs> thing that is happening.
0: No, it, oh, 100%. Uh 1 <laughs> 100%. It it does get weird though cuz like so like <sighs> I guess the main argument that he makes throughout his entire piece on this Monday episode is is this idea of, like, okay, so America did this thing. They overturned Roe v. Wade. But he seems, like, most upset that the rest of the world wants to chime in and have opinions about it. So he's, like, you know, like, how dare France... Their leaders had an opinion, and Canada's leaders had opinions, and all these other foreign countries want to somehow tell America what to do. And that seems to
1: be, like, his biggest objection. But he's not in America, and he's also chiming in on it.
0: Right? <laughs> but, I mean, like, he does this shit all the time where it's like, he or he'll be like, why are they politicizing this issue? Meanwhile, he's on his show politicizing this issue, right? So... <laughs>
1: Why would they politicize this political issue?
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, exactly. Why would they do that? I I wonder why. (laughs) Maybe it's because it's a political (laughs) issue. So (laughs) his first line of attack, okay, on the fact that, like, all these foreign people are telling America what to do, is he goes through France, Spain, Norway, and Belgium, and he wants to argue that their abortion legislation in those four countries is actually uh, more strict than the abortion law in Mississippi.
3: Now the funny thing about these four countries I've just named and it applies to most of them is that each of these countries has a stricter law than the one that this court case upheld. Here's what I mean. Mississippi tried to say you cannot get an abortion after 15 weeks. So you got five months to make a decision about an abortion but after that the baby is too far developed and it shouldn't be aborted you got 15 weeks to make that decision so that was the law that was tested and the supreme court said that law can stand because the federal government doesn't have the authority to say no so keep that in mind in mississippi one of the most conservative southern states there is obviously it is still legal to have an abortion up to 15 weeks now do you remember those four countries i listed to you in france it's illegal to have an abortion after 14 weeks same in spain in norway and belgium it's illegal to have an abortion after 12 weeks so those four countries and many more that chimed in condemning the united states for allowing one of its 50 states to limit abortions at 15 weeks all four of those european leaders have stricter abortion laws it's important to remember that abortion on demand for any reason or no reason paid for by the government until literally the moment of birth that is not the usual that's not the usual even in progressive countries
0: first first i guess on the question of the other countries do you think ezra is accurate here or is he leaving something out
1: (laughs) i like when ezra leads with like a tell when he's like, you know, the funny thing is with these four countries, and when he says funny, I think he means interesting. But I think <laughs> I think the reason it's interesting is because there there's like very specific omission going on with this uh this little anecdote because his entire thing is hey mississippi allows for abortions up to 15 weeks well wow these other countries only allow abortions at 14 or even 12 which means mississippi is more free which is like that totally discounts you know access to abortion like it it you know completely discounts the fact that there are going to be people screaming at you outside the few places that you would be able to do, um, like to get your, your healthcare.
0: I mean, there's so much of, again, about the culture, I think that you're hitting on that's going to differ between these countries uh, and access is going to differ. But of course, like that never comes up in his conversation uh, at all. Uh, access, I don't think is ever brought up, let alone the differences between areas of, of Of how access or how more or less accessible things are but even the thing that frustrates me because he'll say something like with France being 14 weeks and Belgium being 12 weeks or things like this but like even that number kind of like doesn't tell you much and I feel like what happened was he learned about the Mississippi thing and we'll get to that in a second as well but he learned about the Mississippi thing was then like I'm going to google these other countries and see what it says. And of course, so like you Wikipedia it and you go like, you know, Belgium, abortion. And the first thing was, it'll say up to 12 weeks. And then he just like ended his search there and went about his day. But I'll I'll go through it and see if you feel like what I've done explaining this, whether uh, saying these countries have these specific limits, whether that accurately portrays these countries, okay? So starting with France, Yes, 14 weeks. They have a no age, uh, no age requirements for parental consent. So up until 14 weeks, you could just go to your doctor, and you can get an abortion on demand, no questions asked, right? All that fun stuff. However, beyond 14 weeks, you can still get abortions. Now, in France specifically, you have to get two physicians to sign off on whether or not you can get the procedure. And it has to be due to the fact that, say, the pregnant person is at risk of both uh, mental and physical health or the fetus is non-violable. Now, the interesting thing with France there is they include mental health. So it doesn't even have to be like that they're going to die because there's something wrong with the pregnancy. It's just that like they're mentally not doing great and the pregnancy will be more harm. So like, you know what I mean? So it's like, is it fair to say that, like, abortion up until 14 weeks? Or, like, it seems to me like it can go beyond. The 14 weeks is merely stipulating where, like, you, there's no other th- things you have to go through or obstacles you have to go through to get the abortion. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I guess the funny thing is about what Ezra said there is that it wasn't true. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't true. <laughs> There was an untruth told, and I I don't know if it was intentional. Maybe it was just kind of sloppy workmanship, but it just I I would say that Mississippi probably has stricter laws. Well, I mean we'll we'll get to Mississippi in one second. <laughs>
0: Spain, uh, like so, Spain. He said fourteen weeks. Okay, so the oh there's there is a consent uh, a parental consent order for sixteen and seventeen year olds. So that differs from France. Uh, Although new legislation has been introduced to remove that, so they're trying to get rid of all... And this legislation was released May of 2022, so uh, it hasn't gone into effect yet or still has to pass their their, uh, governing bodies. Now, abortions are allowed past 14 weeks, just like in France, if the pregnant person is at risk or if the fetus is non-viable. However, they don't have the mental health stipulation. So even in Spain, it's the same thing, okay? Belgium, again, the interesting there is the 12 weeks is kind of... Most most people have the weeks having to do with gestational age. In Belgium, it has to do with the menstrual cycle. So it really technically should be 12 to 14 weeks, just how it works. At least from reading, that's my understanding. Maybe if someone's from Belgium, <laughs> they can correct me. But that's, that's what I gathered from it. So it's kind of incorrect to say 12 weeks. But most, I guess, happen around that time. So fine. But... Uh, Bills have been introduced by the opposition party uh, that uh, because they're not the ruling party yet, they haven't fully uh, happened yet, but they want to fully decriminalize abortion in Belgium and extend it past 12 to 14 weeks up to 18 weeks. And uh, this has 75% of the population supporting this. Now, one of the main reasons they want to do this in Belgium to extend it to 18 weeks is because they're finding that a lot of women past the 14 week mark are going to France to get abortions. So, <laughs> so they're like, why are we letting? Like, why are we having this situation where uh, pregnant people have to leave our country to go get it? We could just offer them the service here. Is sort of where they're at right now in Belgium.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I guess, I guess Mississippi is doing something much more impressive, right?
0: L- listen, <laughs> when we got Norway to go through, and then Mississippi is going to blow your mind,
1: <laughs> blow your mind. <laughs> Oh, no, it's going to be so bad. Oh, God. Okay,
0: so Norway allows abortions by request up to 12 weeks. However, abortion is allowed in Norway up to 18 weeks, but you need to apply for it. So I don't know that you would, like, if they're very, very frequently go, like, no, your application denied. But you have to at least sign some sort of thing saying, I want an abortion. Uh, I'm. My guess is from reading it, it's kind of like... A, like I consent to the procedure, kind of thing, and then you gotta sign a document, and that's sort of what it is. And then, then the twelve weeks is no longer twelve weeks; it's now eighteen weeks, which is <laughs> much longer than what Ezra was saying. Uh, <laughs> however, again, like the other countries, abortions beyond eighteen weeks are still allowed if the pregnant person's life is at risk or the fetus is non non-viable, uh, nonviable, sorry. And uh, although I think in Norway you still need parental consent if you're under sixteen years old so i mean here's the thing is all that it seems like there's a lot more to abortion in these countries than when ezra was making it
1: out to be. so well he's really busy he's in a field he's recording on his phone like
0: like he he wikipedia'd this like i just (laughs) i (laughs) my educated guess is he wikipedia'd this like come on
1: i just like i hate how easy it is to to take apart like it's just not even like a a good untruth you know like it's just irresponsible communication really
0: it it is again it is even worse with the Mississippi part so now we get to uh, like I bet you everyone I, I mean I don't know that we have many Mississippi listeners but they're probably already like ripping out their hair going what the fuck is Ezra talking about okay so he what he's referring to this 15 weeks thing is what was the case that was used to overturn Roe v. Wade, okay? So people know it as the Dobbs v. Jackson uh, uh, Women's Health Organization, right? Now that case was because, and the reason why Dobbs' name on it is this guy named Thomas Dobbs. He's not actually involved in the case at all. He just happens to be like the health official for Mississippi, so his name is on the case, even though he's like, this doesn't involve me. I," I have nothing to do with this, right? Now, what happened was in 2018, Mississippi passed a law, and the law said that, like, abortions cannot be provided past 15 weeks, okay? And, of course, that goes against a, a court case called Casey versus, uh, plan- or Planned Parenthood versus Casey, and that made it so that, uh, I guess, the Supreme Court ruled then that they were going to have, like, a trimester thing, so... How the Supreme Court ruled in Planned Parenthood versus Casey is that first trimester, uh, you cannot have any restrictions on abortion. Second trimester, you can regulate things, but you can't outright ban abortion. But third trimester, uh, abortions are prohibited. Okay, so now the for for anyone who doesn't know, the second trimester is 14 to 26 weeks. So by putting the ban at 15 weeks you're putting a ban on an abortion that the Supreme Court already said you can't do. You can only regulate abortions at that time. So they knew while passing that law at that time that it was going to be unconstitutional. So (laughs) that makes, it makes you think, so, okay, why, why would they pass a law that they knew was unconstitutional? And the reason why, which should be obvious to everyone, is because they wanted to destroy Roe v Wade so a bunch of these Republican states were passing all kinds of laws that just always went right up to the edge of like a going against the Constitution to chisel away at Roe v Wade hoping one day that the Supreme Court would be like in such a favorable favorable position that they would overturn it which as we all know now in fact happened you may you may now ask yourself well why? Or, or how do I know that Mississippi only wanted to do this particular law? And, and it was specifically designed to overturn Roe v. Wade. And in some sense, what I'm suggesting here is they didn't really mean it. Well, the reason why they didn't really mean it was because they had already passed a law back in 2007. That's called a trigger law. Now, what trigger laws are is they passed this law in 2007 saying in the case that Roe v. Wade becomes overturned, This law will go into effect. Now that law, which is now in effect technically in Mississippi, outright bans abortion. Not up to 15 weeks. Abortion is done, except in the case of rape and in the case where the pregnant person's life is in danger. Those are the only two exceptions to abortion. All other abortions are banned. And Ezra should have known this by the time he made this episode. (laughs) Right? So it's not 15 weeks. It's completely fucking bad.
1: Oh, it's so fucking bad. Uh, it's so bad. You were right. Like, I I had really low expectations, but like, holy shit, Jody.
0: <laughs> I, I just, I can't, like, it's, it's such a... It, disingenuous dishonest fucking like so many words to describe like doing that to your audience by by playing it off like oh it's just nothing it's just nothing thing like don't worry about it it's just states rights blah 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 uh it's only a 15 week ban it's nothing
1: yeah yeah and it's like i mean the casual disdain for his audience aside like it's like people are gonna die because this this like law banning abortion like this is going to ruin lives Um, and it's like, I, I, I can't imagine, um, being the kind of person to knowingly lie to my audience about that. I don't know if he knew.
0: I mean, like, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if he knows. You should have been able to go like, look into it. And it's the fact that you would just spit this nonsense out as if you're like, I'm an authority figure. Trust me. It's 15 weeks when it's like, that is like legitimately not the case. And all you could have done was a Google search. Because right right now it's, it's big in the news because for one, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But there is a case going forward about this trigger law because there's a possibility that it's not constitutional based on like the state's constitution of Mississippi. So there is a continuing legal battle there, right? But even then, like... Okay. In, ter- in terms of, like, as you were talking about, like, access. So, like, you go, okay, 15 weeks. Jackson, women's health organization, is the only abortion clinic in Mississippi. So, it's like, even if you want to say that 15 weeks, okay, so you have this one clinic that's supposed to provide abortions for all the women in that state.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, like, every creep in the entire state is outside with, like, a weird sign screaming at you as you go inside. Yeah. Um Ugh. It's this yeah, so grim.
0: No, every, everything about this is fucked up. But I also, like, I don't... I don't get what he's... Like, why the right wing is doing this, necessarily. Like, they could be standing there taking the dub and being like, yeah, we did it. Book abortion, or, like, whatever. But instead, they keep playing this game of, like, oh, it's not as bad as the libs are making it out to be, and why are the libs, like, overreacting, you know? I, I don't understand, like... Why is that tactic better? Like I feel like they come out way worse and are looking like complete shitheads in doing that than just being like, "This is what we want. Ban abortion. This is great.
1: Um well, I think I think there like there might be something to that, right? Like I think that a lot of their their identity as these uh, right wing counterculture folks is owning the libs and making the libs uh, appear hysterical. And I don't know that that one uh that one activist who was out during the Trump inauguration who's like sitting on the ground and and crying out to the heavens that that Trump got to uh, got to be president. Um, That's like that is just their favorite thing in the entire world. And so like when they get to downplay something like this, then, you know, they get to continue on the, the fine tradition of telling people that. access to healthcare and, uh, and like things that every other country, you know, (laughs) is, would expect, um, is actually like you're, you're overreaching and honestly, like, no, (laughs) no, like it's not a big deal that it's gone.
0: I mean, like, yeah, I mean the owning the lips thing is throughout this whole episode, like pretty prominent. In fact, there's a clip that I from the episode that I, I I didn't take, which is like him just playing a clip of like a a, a woman on TikTok just screaming because of what happened, and ah. it's like again to play off of like look at the look at how cringy and weird they are for like getting upset about having the rights taken away.
1: <laughs> They're so sad that their bodily autonomy is being stripped from them by the state. That's so weird. That's so, and this guy like what well like. 4 months ago screaming about the mandates, right? Like Yeah. The amorphous mandates that definitely existed that impinged on his freedom.
0: No, I mean like speaking of contradictions, I love that like they're so angry about the drag shows and yet there's this dude a part of the convoy stuff that just walks around in a thong all the time and like hangs out with like young kids at the like convoy stuff and it's just like <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> weird creepy anti-vax dude in a thong in the middle of winter not not yeah uh, not creepy at all
1: but it like that's the thing right like as long as you're doing it to own the libs then it's fine yeah right like in the (laughs) imagine having a worldview just based on owning people (laughs) that don't agree with you i know it's so depressing what's wrong with people
0: you're owned we was so good we owned you great congratulations (laughs) it's
1: great thank you for making life worse for people
0: yeah so we get now i we i guess we touched on uh you know mississippi and all these other countries now ezra wants to talk about uh canada and our abortion laws or lack thereof
3: you can see how important this is to the liberal party of canada because they put everything else aside to obsess over it like i say the abortion law in canada has not changed Uh, to be clear we have no abortion law in canada you can get an abortion for any reason or no reason up until the moment of birth and those reasons that you can use and you don't have to declare them to anyone include sex select abortions if you just don't want a baby girl and i point out that there was a group i don't know if it's active anymore called gays for life that were worried that if there was ever a genetic test that could determine whether or not someone was inherently gay. I don't know if a gay gene exists. They were worried that people would abort babies for being gay. And, and the, the thing is in Canada, you can abort someone for any of those reasons. I'm not sure if that's a reasonable position.
0: <laughs> gays for life sounds like, like a, like, yeah, gays. We're gays for life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for life. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a permanent position. Um, The phrase "gay babies," yeah, gay babies, is one of the most preposterous things I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, yeah, people, people, you know, they might just, you know, abort their gay babies. I don't know if that's reasonable. (laughs) What
0: the, the first thing that like struck me there was just like the only people who would want to abort gay babies are the people who are against abortion. In the first place. You know what I mean? Like, what? <laughs> most of the pro abortion people are cool with gay people as well, because they're not religious like conservatives, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just I'm I'm so stuck on the idea of just like Ezra staring down a baby trying to figure out its sexual orientation. <laughs> you know? Like what's well, like it's a baby. Leave it alone. I mean, even <laughs> in like I haven't kept up with
0: this research. So I don't I don't know where we are on gay genetics. But like even even if it was that there was some association with a particular gene and being disposed to becoming gay, like how genetics work is that like not everyone that has the gene will become gay. Uh, <laughs> and not everyone who is gay is going to have that gene, right? It's it's a it it's an increased predisposition. So it's like Mm-hmm. It's not like you could, like, scan for that and know for a fact that your child is going to be come gay, you know?
1: Yeah, just in the ultrasound, you'd be like, oh, that's a gay baby for sure. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> They're listening to <laughs> Lady Gaga in the womb.
0: We know what's happening.
1: <laughs> it makes me so mad, like. And then, like his uh, his flipping on it, or just like you yeah, know, I just don't, I don't know if it's a reasonable position to have. It's like what? No, like this, this news segment that you're doing is preposterous. Like the entire thing is is like beside reality.
0: This sex selective stuff we already covered that on the show, but like that is strictly a racist dog whistle. The re that was initiated mm. by a bunch of conservative MPs that put forward this idea that these foreigners who like hate women are going to like get ultrasounds, find out they're having women and then abort women, babies. Now, if that was happening at all, you would think that that would show up in any data and it doesn't, it doesn't exist. We're having about the same amount as women as we're having as men in terms of like babies that are born. So it's like, if if this was happening you would think that all of a sudden a disparity would appear right and it just isn't so it's a made-up issue usually uh made to target rationalized minorities so that is
1: what's happening it's so that's so surprising that that made it in there
0: and the thing is like canada not having laws on abortion is good it means that it's a healthcare decision like this is the one reason that i think even compared to all the other countries that we talked about earlier we're not having this battle in the courts about where to draw lines and passing new laws and all this because it's a healthcare decision. It's not, It's it, there is mm-hmm. no law to pass to say this is when to do what X, etc. Instead, it's just up between the individual, the patient and their doctor coming to a medical decision. Uh, and yes, like, I mean, like, the other thing is like, how would you police any of this shit that Ezra is talking about here? Like, what, are we gonna like have like, I mean, not even that it, we have scans that will give you this much specificity. But like, are you supposed to scan people's brains and then go, "Oh, this is why you wanted to have the abortion"? Therefore, we're not going to give it to you. And like, how do you determine? <laughs> like, how do you know whether the person wants it because of sex selective? They they don't like the gay gene or like any of the reasons that he's talking about, unless you can read people's minds. Hmm. So it's it's just Ugh. you're basically just arguing that you want to to be against abortion because you don't know someone could be doing it for these nefarious reasons that i've made up
1: (laughs) i love i love that so many of these segments are like just him like creating a hypothetical scenario and then just like kind of just (laughs) playing it out in his head (laughs) but for content for content's sake
0: Yep. Just to whip up his base, you know?
1: Yeah, just get them all, like, frothing and angry.
0: Now, it is oh, interesting. Well. <laughs> it is interesting, because he mentions Pierre Polivare, which is his, like, go-to person for winning the conservative leadership, and he admits that Pierre has yeah. come out saying that he's not going to pass any abortion legislation, and Ezra actually thinks that, that that is the right move politically is how he frames it. So he's not saying that he thinks that what Pierre like that is the right moral decision just that i guess he compares it to america had like 50 years of like a build-up of this like anti-abortion rhetoric and sort of created a culture that hasn't happened in canada so it's like politically savvy for pierre not to come out and be like i hate abortion Which is like, okay, fine. if like if abortion was as serious as they make it out to be, you would think that it wouldn't be this like, I don't know, thing that you would like play a political game with, right? Abortion is murder, but I won't regulate it if it's gonna hurt me politically <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> well, if it if it hurts me in the polls, I mean, i could I could not care about it if that made me popular. The thing is like Pierre polyev, right? like he is very clearly like a cynical um what's the right word for it um dipshit yeah. of a politician right like he he very clearly um just joined in on on all the convoy stuff because he realized that he could um mobilize a very angry group of people into supporting him uh a person who had been a politician since he was 24 years old and really is just kind of like a, a fiscal hawk of a politician, like just run-of-the-mill conservative up until that point, right? One of the things
0: he started his political career off was uh, uh, being the communications for Ezra's campaign. Oh, really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really, really. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. Um, but like, I guess, I guess the point I was going to make is that if... Pierre thought it would win him one more seat in an election. He would go so heavy duty pro life. It would uh it would make everyone's heads spin. Um but it's like pro life arguments do not carry water in this country, not yet, at least. Dear god, I hope not yeah. ever. Um there's always going to be like a contingent in this country that, you know, gets their gets their worldview from a very um gross part of the united states <laughs> and unless and
0: <laughs> leslin lewis is that vote for the the conservative parties right now which is why like she she in some ways scares me a little bit more than pierre does but.
1: yeah yeah well it's it's that uh that little vein of uh fascism, i think is the uh yep. the the term the proper uh the proper <laughs> nomenclature for that right like it's uh yeah it's like all the absolute worst parts of Fox News and all that like Breitbart stuff down in the states and kind of, yeah, I don't know. like here's hoping that this is something that we never have to deal with on our ends, but I'm I'm not gonna pretend that I mean we're we're in the clear here. Oh yeah, considering no, yeah you know, what the last what seven months have been like in Canada.
0: You know, we're lucky that it has gone far along, but, like, we have to stay vigilant. And uh, I think we can learn lessons about a past. Like, this is why I've had my friend uh, Robin on a few times, Robin Schwartz, who's, like, been on the the front lines of working on abortion rights in Canada uh, and access specifically. And so it's like,
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, we like, we can't drop that ball. Uh, and I think we need to relearn our past and why we happen to have, I think, one of the better... Systems in the world in terms of abortion care and why we need to defend that, and how to defend that, you know, which is fighting back and not just like rolling over, which seems to be the American position right now. (laughs) No offense to my American colleagues, like totally solidarity. What you're going through is shitty, but like, goddamn.
1: Yeah, whatever happens to if Roe gets overturned, we riot because I did not see a whole lot of that. We did not. (laughs) It's going to be explained in a bit, so
0: <laughs> we'll get to that in a second.
1: Next, <laughs> okay.
0: next, Ezra wants to talk about why Roe v. Wade was overturned, and his first answer to this has to do with, like, he doesn't think that privacy law was the the, the right way to do it, and uh, this is a position that's also adopted by some leftists and stuff like this, and so it's, it's a convoluted thing. We don't necessarily have to get into it, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll skip that. But his second answer, okay? I don't even know how to frame this because it's largely incoherent. So I'm going to play the clip and then you tell me, Eric,
1: <laughs> what, what, oh, no, what, I hate-
0: what you think his <laughs> second answer okay? is, okay? So why was Roe v. Wade overturned? Ezra, take it away.
3: I think, though, that the last two years have been bad for the pro-choice case. For one thing, I think that the woke activists have overreached their transgender story hours i've stressed people out they feel alien and people are uncomfortable with the new extremist front line in the sexual battle battlefield and secondly when every force of the establishment from the democrats to the liberals to the media to doctors are saying no my body my choice that doesn't apply to vaccine mandates I think that America was politically and culturally ripe for some modest restrictions. I say modest restrictions because, like I say, every state in the union can have their own rules.
1: So, the reason Roe v. Wade got overturned was because of a reaction to wokeness.
3: Yeah,
0: and and uh, vaccine mandates.
1: And vaccine mandates—the things that he doesn't like. Yeah, that's why. I mean, really? he, that's he, so crazy he, that that happened. <laughs>
0: He just got finished saying that it was a 50-year uh, project, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> the Republicans have been spending 50 years to overturn it. But really, the reason why it happened right now was because of wokeness and vaccine mandates.
1: Fuck me. Like, it's like, <laughs> hey, you know why You know why this happened? The things I don't like right now. <laughs> just... Could you, like,
0: I, I even want to say, so like... this stupid. Like, he frames it as, like, it made them more open to modest reforms. But can you imagine sitting there and you're going, you know what? And, like, he said trans story time. Like, it's, it's usually drag queen story time. So I feel like he's, like, losing his mind a little bit. But, like, imagine you go, you're like, I'm a little upset that parents are taking their children to be read stories by drag queens that now I'm slightly more open to modest restrictions on a part shit. Like what what do you what do you have to like, be to get in that mice? How do these two things relate?
1: <laughs> there's just yeah, there is like no through line in the idea. There's two completely incongruous things that he's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna tie those two together. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna notice and no one will call him out for it. Because, like, who's going to edit the boss? Nope. (laughs) Again, well, I mean, not that he's
0: ever very coherent, but, like, I think part of it, too, is him riffing on the streets of
1: Calgary.
0: (laughs) Maybe he, like, fumbled with his notes or something. I We'll get more into the, the vaccine mandate part of the argument, which is just a terrible friggin' argument. But at least there's a way in which that is slightly closer to the abortion issues, at least with how the sort of like vaccine movement has talked about my body, my choice about the vaccines uh, and have co-opted that language.
1: Yeah. They, they co-opted language from the pro choice movement for the vaccine mandates, which I always felt was um, also incongruous. Right. I don't think that that's, that's like a, a straight comparison. Cause one, you can't um, catch an illness from, someone just being pregnant around you and then, you know, have like potentially uh, choke on your own fluids and die, right? Like that is a thing that can happen when you're not vaccinated and you're around people. Now, of course, with the variants and the subvariants and the um, increasingly weaker immunity that (laughs) the population is having, um, all of us vaccinated folks are now also at risk, but um, I mean part of that you know (laughs) has to do with the fact that we didn't get out of this pandemic we just kind of pretended it wasn't happening anymore yep um
0: but you're telling me you you've never you've never caught pregnancy from a pregnant person
1: (laughs) i've never caught pregnancy not once it's crazy dude that's wild um (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is it's pretty crazy um but yeah like i've i've seen tiktoks of like people trying to make that like boneheaded argument of just like oh where were the my body my choice people uh, last year when I got fired from my job for not getting vaccinated it's like shut the fuck up please <laughs> like, yep. never make that con- like comparison ever again because it doesn't make any sense
0: well I think we're gonna get probably two more before this shows <laughs> <out>. <laughs> it's it's their okay. favorite <laughs> <laughs> argument and I don't even like it's it's such a bad argument we'll, we'll get to like. I guess further why it's a bad argument. But the next argument, anyways, is that Ezra so Ezra wants to complain about Canada and how they're going to deal with what's happened in America. And so he plays this clip of the uh, Canadian ambassador to the United States talking about women uh, or pregnant people in America coming to Canada for abortion.
3: It's funny, I mentioned four foreign countries in Europe that are denouncing uh, the US Supreme Court. Trudeau was front and center. And he, as usual, he tries to capitalize in some way. But given that there is no Canadian abortion law at all, what can he say or do? Well, look at this. Here's the US ambassador talking, I think it was to the CBC, about how there are conversations between the Canadian and US government about allowing abortion refugees allowing American women to come to Canada to get abortions. And look at their hush-hush, weird secret talk here. Very odd. This is the U.S. Ambassador. I am comfortable saying that there have been informal outreaches um, about um, the ability of Canada to potentially step up and to um, be, a, be a location for women um, seeking abortions and reproductive health services that might not be legal in their states as a result of an adverse decision by the supreme court that canada is open to those conversations and willing to have those conversations i found that a little ghoulish i found it a little gross it's like it's you know the underground railway where we're taking freed slaves and saving them no does he think the underground
1: railroad was gross that's the part that didn't make sense to me like
0: Either he's saying it's gross. So often he's made this thing where, like, comparing things to the Holocaust is gross, even though, like, he has himself compared what's happening with these vaccines to the the Holocaust all the time. But, like, part of, like, one way to read this is to go, okay, he's making, he's saying that comparing this to the Underground Railway is gross or something. But, like, they didn't make the comparison. He's, He's, like, made the comparison in his head but it sounds like he's saying that it's Mm -hmm. the underground railroad was gross. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because, well, he, I would assume that he's not in favor of these, uh, abortion refugees coming to Canada, which I mean is gross to not be in favor of that because what you're doing is not supporting people getting access to what I think is a human right with like proper medical care. Right. Um, But it would be very strange to me if he he was like he's like I'm against that, but also this comparison to this is gross. (laughs) Like it doesn't like, like it.
0: I feel like what he's saying is like you're trying to paint these people as refugees and needing of help, much in the way that we helped during the Underground Railroad. Like if I were to be as charitable as I can. I feel like that's mm. what he's trying to say and he's going to mm, say okay. they're not like that. They don't it's not like the same case as like slaves leaving America and coming to Canada. However, it's like so to me it's like it's still it, as much as I could like possibly agree that these things are not equivalent, it doesn't make their cause for needing to come to Canada for abortions any any like I guess like less concerning or or less of a, a moral worry
1: you know yeah no it's it's like it's 2022 and you got people not getting access to medical care in the richest country in the world it's very very bad I do love the fact that Ezra needed like a straw man so badly (laughs) that he constructed like this like like uber lib that was comparing access to abortion in canada to the underground railway like is like a complete construction like a fabrication in his mind that he's like that's gross which is what i'm assuming you were saying
0: well that's that's (laughs) the the only because i can't imagine here's the thing is i cover ezra he i do think he's racist but i don't think he would say that the underground railway is gross i don't (laughs) As mm-hmm. much as that sounded mm-hmm. like I, I don't think he would just say that, and I don't think it was a slip of the tongue. So that's why I like I'm trying to charitably like ma- make his thing make more sense in a way. But it's like yeah, yeah, but but to me they are kind of similar. Like I don't even think if you were to make a comparison of sorts that it would be that gross to say that like much like when there was aspects of Canada that allowed slaves. To, to flee America and come to Canada, we are now doing a similar thing by accepting women who need uh, medical care that are not receiving it in America.
1: But I, I do think it's very important uh, to note that nobody made that comparison but as He did.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> which, which is wild.
0: I guess like I'm just saying at the end there, is like even if you were to make the comparison, my response to yeah. the comparison wouldn't be, that's gross. Right. Like, <laughs> to me, it would be like it's kind of shocking that there is a like even tenuous similarity here. Like,
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Just just a weird fucking reaction to all of this. Ezra then says that there would be nothing stopping pregnant people from coming to Canada to get an abortion. Except, of course, for the vaccine mandates that <laughs> prevent people who are not vaccinated from entering this country.
3: Right now, of course, Americans can come to Canada at will. Uh, It's the world's largest undefended border. We have massive tourism. If an American woman wanted to come to Canada for an abortion for whatever reason, they obviously could, except what I said at the very start of this monologue, except if you're not jabbed. If you are an American woman who is not vaccinated, you may not come to Canada for Trudeau's abortion tourism. Just stop and think about that. Trudeau believes so very deeply in American women and their right to bodily autonomy, except if they defy his decision and if they defy his demand that they get jabbed. I wonder why that's not obvious to everyone.
0: I saw you react to abortion tourism. I I think that actually might be the technical say, because when I was reading the articles on people from Belgium going to France, they referred to
1: it as abortion tourism. So... Uh, um, okay it wasn't it wasn't in Ezraism
0: yes like so I don't know if like even those articles were using it inappropriately I'll just flag that right now I'm not too familiar with the term so if it is in fact a bad term let me know but like my impression from listening to Ezra here sounded to me just like the articles referencing it so I don't necessarily think that it's a an (laughs) Ezraism as you put it
1: yeah I um I just thought he was trying to be as flippant as possible um so i mean that's a that's on me folks yeah the other
0: the other thing here about this argument that and like we've already sort of like briefly touched on the vaccine argument but i want to like follow through like with sort of what he's saying so it's like if we ignore the fact that vaccination is supposed to stop the spread of deadly disease and is therefore not at all similar to abortion which we've already sort of discussed and we accept that my body, my choice applies to both situations, so both vaccines and abortions, and that liberals and left-wingers are hypocrites when they say my body, my choice, but only apply it to abortions and not the the vaccine case, then if we follow the logic, what does this argument get Ezra? Because he's like, he's pointed out a hypocrisy now. So then it's like, okay, so what follows from that hypocrisy? Especially considering that Ezra is for the bans on abortion, but against the vaccine mandates. So it's like he can, like if anything him pointing out this hypocrisy also highlights his own hypocrisy in being for my body my choice when it comes to vaccines but not for abortions. So it's like why make this argument constantly
1: <laughs> scoring points? I mean, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to be overly reductive I feel like that was that was an attempt to score some points.
0: You're right. I mean, th- but it's the frustrating thing is it's it's an own the lib tactic again. This whole thing is own the lib. Yeah. So you could just go, "You're a hypocrite," and move on. Even if in pointing out this apparent hypocrisy that we already agree is not a hypocrisy, by pointing it out, mm-hmm. he's highlighting his own hypocrisy, which you would think, yeah, that wouldn't. But the only difference is to his audience. He isn't being explicit about his own hypocrisy. He's only highlighting theirs. You have to like think a little <laughs> harder about it to get to the fact that, oh yeah, he's also being a hypocrite then.
1: Well, yeah, to his audience, he's the good guy too, and good guys can't be hypocrites, yeah. right? Like, it's impossible. <laughs> it's True. just, uh, those are just plot holes. Those are, <laughs> those, they'll get sussed out. They'll be all ironed out eventually. Um, yeah, I mean... I think another point from that little clip that I I thought we should uh, probably talk about was the fact that he was talking about uh, Trudeau as some sort of like deranged despot that like came (laughs) up with his own vaccine laws. And it wasn't, you know, on the recommendations of the WHO during that unprecedented global event that we all experienced over the last two and a half years. Like it's not, listen, like I don't think Trudeau has done a terrific job through the pandemic. Um, However, I think, you know, having some restrictions on people coming in and out of the country was probably actually like a half-decent move.
0: Yeah, but Ezra, at least, like, especially in the past three weeks of his uh, show, has said that everything that Trudeau did having to do with the pandemic was because the World Economic Forum told him to do it. So he is oh. a despot because he's taking his uh, commands from the World Economic Forum and then forcing it on all of us.
1: So, they're just going straight like great reset, huh?
0: Oh yeah, no he he's he is deep deep into the great reset. He is one hundred percent on board.
1: Uh, it's <laughs> so so annoying, it, like that's that's like the worst conspiracy ever. Yep. Um, because it's like a branding exercise for neolibs, and they're like, no, what they want all these billionaires. They want to reorganize society to introduce communism.
0: Yeah, and the that's communism what is not actually communism. <laughs> the communism is they want you to eat bugs and, like, get microchipped <laughs> in your vaccine. <laughs> it's always,
1: the, always the bugs in yeah. the vaccine. And that's, that's what communism is, is eating crickets. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows that.
0: And drinking Bill Gates' poop water. That's the other one as well. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I, hear that one. But. Oh, so, like, there's a clip they have of Bill Gates where he found, like, like even the water you get out of your ta- tap has to be filtered, right? So, like, Bill Gates mm-hmm. was working with this, like, tech company that created this device that, like, you could take, like, raw sewage and, like, process it enough that in the end all you're getting is, like, pure H2O, right? Now, here's the thing is the H2O mm-hmm. in that glass is going to be perfectly drinkable, perfectly fine. But, of course, Ezra, the essentialist here, is like, oh, my God, it comes from poop. (laughs) 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 you!"
1: And it's like all of all the water
0: on the planet. I think there's like a saying, all the water on the planet has passed through the the urethra of Napoleon or something like this. Like, yes, all of our water at one point has been through our digestive systems. Like, get over it. I just...
1: Like the disdain he has for his own audience is always <laughs> shocking to me. He's like these dum dums will listen to this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> poop water, yuck. Bugs. Uh. Like, Please
1: donate. We're important journalists and we need your money. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to tell the poop water stories, and we're all we're also going to send David Menzies to harass LCBO customer service reps. Journalism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let us into the debates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so now,
0: <laughs> now we get the uh, you know the racist uh, segment, I guess, because of course, I mean, well, we already sort of hit some more racists, but this one is a bit more explicit, and uh, yeah. So he's going to critique a liberal MP and the language they used for uh, the overturning of Roe, and compare it to some other stuff. So
3: Trudeau was very adamant about this, and so was Melanie Jolie. Foreign minister. I'm not sure why she has anything to say about this. Again, it's a domestic decision by the United States Supreme Court. It's nothing to do with Canada. But look at this tweet here where she uses the most appalled language, the most extreme language, calling this a horrific decision by a Democratic Supreme Court following the Constitution. Out of curiosity, I typed in the word Taliban into her Twitter feed and I found the language she used to describe when the Taliban in Afghanistan forced women to wear the face obscuring burqa threw girls out of school. So I'm talking about genuine, basic human rights as women. And not only did she not use anywhere near the strict language, but you may remember that Maryam Monsef, the former Trudeau cabinet minister, actually referred to the Taliban as our brothers. Isn't that funny? The Taliban, which will stone women to death, which force women into a full burqa and kick girls out of school. They get sweet talk from Trudeau, but him and his uh, cabinet call the United States Supreme Court horrific. I think it tells you a lot.
0: I thought it was almost going to be like the Taliban, who force women to give bur I mean, wear a (laughs) burqa.
1: I, I I like that he, he tried to, you know, swing this into a Trudeau loves the Taliban thing. Uh, <laughs> I like it when he starts anything with like, isn't it funny or isn't it interesting? Yeah. that? Uh, and then he says something just completely unhinged. Um, do, it's great. Do you think the word horrific
0: is appalling? Like, <laughs> she used
1: appalling
0: no. language, like horrific.
1: Yeah, and like this completely discounts the idea that I mean, Melanie Jolie, beyond being, like, some center-left, like, do-nothing lib, uh, is also a human being who probably has her own feelings about um, the idea of losing her own bodily autonomy. Um, and <laughs> she reacted in a very human way, which, I mean, like, good honor saying something about it
0: i mean like i i don't know that much about her and it's like yeah saying it's horrifying is like perfectly uh apt to the situation
1: it was objectively horrifying
0: but the weird part to me is like he couldn't find anything she like you notice how like he didn't attribute anything to her about the taliban he instead then had to pivot to, like, Mary Marian- <laughs> <laughs> who's no longer an MP. <laughs> All because, again, par- partly due to, the like, the fear campaign of the right wing, by the mere fact that at one point mm-hmm. she said that the Taliban are our brothers, but did it in the context of, like, wanting to negotiate with them so that we could get more, get them to stand down and allow more refugees to leave the country. Like, mm-hmm and they never let that go. And so the, like he has to compare like, "Oh, uh Jolie said hor- that the American thing is horrifying, and yet this other MP said that the Taliban are our brothers." So like,
1: Ur. "No, it's a great argument. It's like airtight." Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's and it's all like <laughs> it's- the, again, it's like his argument hinges on oppressing women and denying them of their rights is bad and that's why we should be mad at the Taliban and that's why I am not a fan of the Taliban but like it's i but then you're using it to say that it's okay to oppress women in this one circumstance like it's so fucked up
1: mhm yeah if if i mean the the line of thinking is that the oppression of women is bad then wouldn't that stand to reason that The uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade, also bad.
0: Nope.
1: No. Not according to Ezra. Okay, let's not get bogged down in the details. (laughs) Who cares? Let's move on. It's fine. Sorry, Uh, Ezra.
0: I also should note he did say at some point in there that it's the democratically elected Supreme Court. (laughs) I'm sorry. But like this is the asshole throughout this entire pandemic who has said like all of our health policies are coming from unelected health bureaucrats because they were appointed mm-hmm. rather than elected by us. Okay, these Supreme Court justices are yeah. appointed. Like, fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were appointed, and they were also appointed by uh, Republicans who just jammed in the uh, most atrocious sycophants they could find. Right. Um, and part of that was down to um, the Obama administration not being able to um, get uh, your boy uh, Merrick Garland. Was that his name? Merrick Garland? How dare you yeah. call him my boy? <laughs> I guess the point I was trying to say or trying to make was that, like, no, these were not democratically elected um, uh, judges of the Supreme Court. They were appointed appointed by a hyper-partisan Congress. Um, that were only looking for people that would, you know, do things like help overturn Roe versus Wade. In a severely
0: you know? gerrymandered country where their Senate is undemocratic and in which George Bush stole the election back in 2000. Yeah, all that's true. That's a <laughs> completely yeah. democratic Supreme Court.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, Fauci, who was, like, you know, public enemy number one for specific um, media organizations, was he not appointed in the same sort of way that a, a judge would be on a specific circuit?
0: But judges, they're different because they're doing all the things that Ezra likes.
1: Right. <laughs> right, I keep forgetting that. Because they're the good guys. There's no rules for the good guys.
0: It, it really is so depressing, but it really is that simple. The, these these. This group of unelected people, I like because they do all the things I like. This group of unelected people are bad because they're doing all the things I don't like.
1: Yeah, I'm going to compare them to the Taliban now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. So... (laughs) (laughs) We now move away from the liberals, and we're going to go to Ezra just criticizing the protesters. Now, this is where he plays the clip of the person screaming. He goes into a a lot more detail, and I think most of it's just uh, uh, bad. He does highlight some people that I think make bad arguments for the pro-abortion side, and it's just not worth getting into because at this point, why kick people while they're down, in my opinion? Uh, Allow them to have bad arguments. We'll we'll sort it out as the, the going gets tougher, you know? Now, there is one clip, though, that he plays that I I just, I, it's just so silly. I just, (laughs) so he's, he's responding to this person with a sign, and this is what he has to say.
3: I thought this sign at one of the protests was just as creepy. A mom with her kids saying, don't force people to do this. No one should be forced to have children. I find that, imagine being a child and hearing your mom say that no one should be forced to do this.
0: It's like he's, like, why would that
3: affect the child? (laughs) One,
1: you cannot hear a sign. You read it. Uh, Two, um, (laughs) like, obviously the argument that 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 mother was making was that uh, she chose to have a child, and that was good because she was ready and she was willing to devote a good chunk of her life bringing another life into this world and become like a member of society. Uh, it's just like it's so child this argument is so childish because it's like oh, I guess you just hate your kid, huh?
0: Again like I think like you hit on it, which I think is the correct reading which he's thinking that she's implying that she was forced and that's why she has this kid or something. Because otherwise, like, yeah. the impact wouldn't, like, why would the kid care then? Because, again, as you point out, the kid's like, my mom wasn't forced into having me. Or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: and it, yeah, it's not like her sign said, like, I hate my dumb kid. You know, like, it wasn't like that. Like,
0: But again, this is just a person with a sign. It's, it's like he's looking at a picture and just interpreting <laughs> all this meaning into it.
1: Yeah, and he's like, it reminds me of a thing that Mariam Monsef said one time. Yeah. And it just, like, <laughs> like it just, uh, like, I I don't know how they don't edit this guy. Because this is, it's so incoherent.
0: This whole episode, and I think it is it is worth somewhat going over it. And we've spent a lot of time on this episode. And uh, there is still more show to get through. It's just like. The fact that, like, the Globe and Mail will still, like, occasionally reach out and publish something from his, like they did back in 2019, or, like, you know what I mean? It's, like, the fact that, like, people in the media will still occasionally proffer defenses for this asshole, and this is what he provides for the world. Just a, a just an unleashing of just bullshit after bullshit, of just complete and utter nonsense, of, like, incoherent arguments... And then we'll beg his audience for money after it. Please, we're fighting the good fight. Give me money. <laughs> we're the good guys. It, it's just—it's disgusting. At the at the base of it, you know.
1: Yeah. No, I, I find it. I find it pretty uh, unsettling.
0: And not like this. This is where it gets like even more unsettling. Okay. And uh, I'm sorry that I'm going to have to do this to you, but we're going to listen to some Tucker Carlson here because. One of Rebel's employees was interviewed by Tucker Carlson as they were at one of the protests. So not only is he this bad, this full of shit, this completely disgusting, he is being platformed by one of the most watched conservative pundits in the US where his employees will continue to spew just as equal uh, bullshit.
5: Thousands of people, as you said, are marching in New York City. 4,500 people are heading to Chuck Schumer's office. Jeremy Lofredo works for Rebel News. He is there tonight. We thought we'd check in with him. Jeremy, are you there?
4: I'm here. Thanks for having me, Tucker. What? Of course. What do you see? What's happening mm. there? There are thousands of people here. I've seen chants and signs calling for the abolition of the Supreme Court, calling for the end of white supremacy. And I've been seeing signs that are also calling for... Um, the force vasectomy of men as opposed to abortion for women. So it's it's really wild here.
5: I mean, who these people seem pretty organized. I mean, it's it seems like these signs must have some of these signs and stickers and the coordinates. I mean, it, it seems like they were ready for this before it happened
4: of course yeah i mean the signs were mass produced somehow um at a moment's notice everyone's holding the same signs um i don't know where they got them uh i've asked a few people they said you know someone's handing them out um i don't know who's behind it who's behind the signs and there's even some uh posters going around that say you know tonight is a night to riot uh verbatim so you know who knows what's to come for the rest of the night so if they're calling for the elimination
5: of the united states supreme court the forced sterilization of men and rioting then this is a dangerous extremist movement i don't know how else an honest person would describe it am i missing something
4: Yeah, of course. And and it's also important to highlight these are the same exact people that stood by and watched as thousands and thousands of New Yorkers and thousands of women in New York were um, fired from their jobs for not um, submitting to the vaccine mandates. So they are pro-choice and pro-bodily autonomy in one area. And of course, they're not pro-choice or bodily autonomy in the other area.
5: Yeah, and they hate democracy. The idea of voters being able to decide how they're governed uh, is the worst possible outcome they can imagine.
1: <laughs> Holy fuck! What <laughs> shitty hockey rink locker room did they get this guy from? I that was know. <laughs> that was like unbelievable. Tucker Carlson's like, "Hey, buddy, what's going on?" He's like, "Oh, yeah, they got signs, man. It's pretty wild. I don't know, like." Uh, and then they like immediately frame it as like oh maybe they're just uh crisis actors
0: well i mean <laughs> yes but then the, like to me it's like yeah of course my guess is like m- most of the signs are probably produced by Planned Parenthood who has like a stake in this and cares about this issue i mean l- if you look at like any of the convoy pictures there's like signs that were like mass produced and a lot of them have just a center for constitutional freedom on them like Yes, an organization yeah. that cared about the convoy issue mass-produced a bunch of signs for the protests.
1: <gasps> Scary. Yeah, I, the JCCF sucks. But like, also, like the the Roe v. Wade decision was like leaked yeah. weeks <laughs> in advance. Like, there's a very obvious reason why everyone was ready for this to happen because it was leaked. Yeah, and everybody knew about it. I knew about it. I live in Toronto. How did I know? Um, everyone knew. Uh, but yes, uh, I really hope we get to talk about the JCCF because they are the worst.
0: Oh, we yes, most of the last half of this episode is going to be about this episode, meaning the show we're making right now, is going to be about the JCCF. So mm-hmm. we will get to it. But the one thing I want to hit on there: notice how like they hype this up about well, for one, like calling them violent extremists and all that. Uh, we're now like a bit away from the overturning. Do we feel? Like, there has been sufficient violent riots (laughs) to match the level at which they're talking right now.
1: No. No, not even close. Um, I mean, like, a a little riot would be nice, you know? Like, just a little tiny one. I don't know. Ezra plays
0: this clip, and of course that happened on the weekend. No riots broke out, and so, uh, other than police violently attacking, there was the one shots of, like, the police just tear-gassing a bunch of people. They even attacked Jodie Sweetin of uh, Full House. They, like, she was protesting in L.A., and the cops, like, roughed her up and threw her around. But, uh, like, anyways, the the point is, the police are the ones who are rioting, not uh, the activists. yeah. Now, Ezra is now aware of this. Monday comes around and he's like, okay, there were no riots. We hyped up this violence. Violence was going to happen. It never happened. So now he's going to tell us why violence did not happen.
3: We set up a special website for these two guys called RiotReporting.com because we thought they would be widespread riots like 2020. But I think that those street gangs, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, they're the shock troops of the Democratic Party. And clearly, George Soros and the Democrats decided... Um, I mean, they can turn the violence on and off like like a tap of water. Clearly, they decided that it was not in the interest of the Democrat Party to have mass riots over this. It might destabilize Joe Biden, but more to the point, it's getting close to the midterm elections in the United States. The Democrats are far behind a summer of violence because they refuse to abide by a Supreme Court ruling. I guess they made the calculation that's not good for their reelection chances. It's just a reminder of how closely and obviously, the Democrats control street violence.
1: Yeah, the Democrats really, like, ear-to-the-ground party, really connected with the grassroots. (laughs) (laughs) Like, really, really, that's a really astute observation, Ezra. Good job, bud.
0: That is, that is like Alex Jones-tier-level fucking conspiracy theory. That the Democrats, like, Mm -hmm. they they could just turn the knobs and get, like, the protesters activated? Like, I've I've yeah. almost never hear, heard him be
1: that directly conspiratorial. Well, it, it's it's preposterous, right? Like the idea that George Soros has an <laughs> in with Black Lives Matter, right? Like it just like what?
0: Well, he bought all those are signs you, you, that were at the protests.
1: <laughs> George Soros personally. I don't. I don't know why the right wants to pretend that the left is organized in any way. Or that the Democratic Party is left in any any fashion. I mean, it's like a center right status quo party, right? Like, it, like there are progressive members.
0: I, I was just gonna say, like, notice notice like how they talk about the organization, though,
1: because they don't frame the left as
0: being like structurally organized. There's these nefarious shadow people working in the background, controlling all the strings, which you know. Mm-hmm has historical uh flavors from other more fascistic movements that claim that there's nefarious people pulling the strings from behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, there's some connotations dropped in the last little segment there. But that I mean that's
0: just how the right wing sort of like reacts to these things. And it's there's also a notion of like why do they keep fail why does the left keep failing then? It's like, because again, it's like Simultaneously, the enemy is super powerful, manipulative, strong and behind the scenes, but also completely weak and ineffectual. We're, so, we're the strong uber men and stuff like this, right? So it's, this, this is typical fascist thinking. It's just like, I don't know, to, to me, like as someone who's been listening to Ezra for as long as I have, his, his thinking more along these lines of a shadowy cabal controlling things has become increased. And I don't know what to make of that, but I don't like it.
1: No, no, it, it's very concerning. Um, because I mean anytime they're talking about, you know, they're controlling things. You know, like yeah. there's Who's they? George Soros. Who are we referring to? Who is Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying, and, and it's like the idea of um, stringing along an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory just seems too far. It's, like, way too far, even for someone who, like, just, like, makes dog shit content constantly and, like, tries to, like, you know, fundraise off the right wing in the country.
0: We've been touching about this, especially in the past three weeks, because his main conspiracy theory about the World Economic Forum is that there's this person named Yuval Noah Harari who's just this, like... Uh, academic from Israel he spoke at the World Economic Forum twice and most of his stuff is like talking about like AI and the future of technology and what they might mean for humanity and usually he's talking about it in order to say like we need to be concerned about certain things and worried but Ezra will t- watch conspiracy videos and he admits that he's been doing this he watches conspiracy videos and then he'll take the clips of the things Noah Harari says but only the segments where he's talking about what could happen in the future, and then interprets it as that what, what Noah uh, Harari wants to happen, and then says that he's actually like the one who's like the deputy of the World Economic Forum, and he's the person that all the World Economic Forum people get their ideas from, is Yaval Noah Harari, who just happens to be a gay Jewish man. You don't want to... And and he's going out of his way to go to conspiracy videos to get it. Now, I don't necessarily think that that means that Ezra is explicitly thinking in his head, I'm going to just do the Protocols of Elders of Zion today. It's just that he's going and getting contact from the internet that he can use to sell to his audience that I think happens to be coming from anti-Semitic accounts.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, all those conspiracies have, like... (laughs) Have their roots in anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. Yeah. And it's like I like I could honestly see him not making the connection. Um, seeing as he um employed Faith Goldie and Gavin McInnes.
0: Then he should know, shouldn't he? At this point, like he keeps hiring and falling for these conspiracies. You would think that he would be at least like, I don't know, have a heightened awareness. <laughs> About how that even might affect his business, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, but like, think about like how sloppy this segment <laughs> is that there. he's doing. Like, he's not, he's not thinking at all. Like, this is like the laziest shit I've ever seen. Like, turned into content. Like, it's. <laughs> I I don't know how this doesn't melt your brain. Is what I'm. No, trying to say.
0: it uh, yeah, it's it's pretty up there, not brain melting. But we we have one last clip, I guess, before we move on which is okay. Ezra, Ezra hits on a thing about a sex strike because I guess Alyssa Milano tweeted about a sex strike. And this clip to me sort of like gives the game away about what Ezra thinks about women's rights. And so I, I think it's apt that this is how he ends the segment. So here we go.
3: There's one more thing I want to close on talking about this. It's um, It's a response to the end of sexual libertinism by the left. Here's Alyssa Milano, uh, a former Hollywood star who's now a bit of a pundit, and here she is calling for what she calls a sex strike. She's saying that young women, or any women, I guess, should not give up sex so easily anymore because what happens if they get pregnant? And you gotta... I mean, I mean, she's a woman of the far left. She's an activist Hollywood type. But that actually sounds a little bit like uh, a conservative sort of morality or even just sort of a pragmatic approach for young people. If you're a young woman, maybe you shouldn't give up sex so easily and so quickly. Maybe the hookup culture of Tinder isn't the best. And maybe it doesn't just have to be nuns saying you know, value sex, don't give it away easily, save it for marriage if you can. For the left, for the Hollywood left to call for a sex strike is just their dramatic language for the same thing. And, you know, I'm not sure how that's a bad thing, telling young woman, women to value themselves a little bit more than just to please some, you know, hookup culture online.
1: It's so fucking gross. I don't want to hear it. Ezra Levon ever talk about sex ever again in my entire life. Um, well,
3: he said, please
1: uh, some hookup culture creep. online. How do you please the hookup culture? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just nonsense sentences. But one, referring to Alyssa Milano as a far left pundit.
0: Oh, I mean, like... No. His character caricature of Alyssa Milano is wrong. But then even the caricature of her, her argument is wrong. Like, she's not calling... Like, the sex strike would not just be for young women. It would be for married women. Like, that. that is the point of sex strikes. And, like, that is why they're challenging to the sort of, like, patriarchal norm of, like, the men who are the, the patriarch sh- demand sex from their, like, wives.
1: Yeah, I there's the phrasing by Ezra, I think is what really, like, creeped me out when he was referring to it as giving up sex. Um... Which I I thought made it a very strange dynamic there.
0: Also, to tie women's values to whether they have sex is just fucking creepy and weird. Saying you're less valuable yeah. because you hook up with people, like this at the yeah. this no. is what I mean. This is what it's all about. They devalue women who take control of their own lives and do what they want with their bodies.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's fucking mm-hmm. gross. And they're like, well. It's it's super gross, right? And it's like, again, from these champions of bodily autonomy um, from, you know, three weeks ago uh, to now going like, hey, maybe we should listen to the nuns. (laughs) Like, like, what the fuck? Ezra, I love, like, Ezra's Jewish too. Let's listen to nuns. (laughs) Listen, I grew up Catholic. You do not need to listen to the nuns. Don't listen to the nuns. Not about sex. Don't listen to priests either. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. My personal <laughs> advice. Speaking of pedophilic cults, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, weird that Ezra never talks about the, the Roman Catholic Church.
1: Yeah. 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 Kind of, you know. He knows his base, right? Like, he knows exactly, like, what would uh, get people to not watch next week. Yeah. Right? Like, it's. I hate being this cynical, but, like, it's. I think it's that simple.
0: It, no, it is. 100. 100%. If he could find a way to spin it to his advantage, he would. But he realizes who his audience is. Yeah. Which, I, I will say, we are now done with Monday. I, I will, like, so the interview segment, they normally do an interview segment. It was him just talking to his Calgary staff. And I do not care. He's been doing a lot of these. <laughs> nope. He does a lot of these segments. He's just like, so, yeah, you work for me? You having fun? And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's like, great. Journalism. Nailed it. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
1: recording conversations with their boss yeah. that's great yeah. good human interactions
0: so i don't care we, we'll move on to june 28th and i i will try to uh plow through some of this like really quick but this i this is so fun that we can't not cover it so here we go all right okay so we start june 20 off uh june 28th off with finding out that Tamara. Tamara Lich was arrested. Now, Ezra, throughout the entire week, keeps going back and forth between Lich and Leech. So I don't even know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Lich. <laughs> and he's supposed to be friends with her. So just... <laughs> but uh, if I go back and forth, I'm sorry. Now, now I'm confused after hearing him go back and forth constantly. But for those of you who don't know, uh, Tamara Lich was initially arrested for mischief after being involved in the trucker convoy as one of the sort of, like, main organizers back when this happened in Febu- February. And she has been since let out on bail. But she was recently arrested again because she defied her bail conditions. Or at least that's what's being argued for by the government.
1: Tamara Litch sort of got a, a history of being, I guess in layman's terms, a uh, complete fucking idiot, right? Like, she's uh, a... <laughs> Which will be <laughs> confirmed of, like, in Wexit this segment.
0: So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like before this the Freedom Convoy really like launched her onto this uh this national stage, she was uh, a part of the Wexit party in Alberta. Um, which I mean, if you don't know about Wexit, oh boy. Think Brexit, but with a landlocked province. Like, think of a the powerful minds behind an idea like that. Like Ezra uh, Levant <laughs> Tamar. <Lich. laughs>
0: Yeah. We we end each show with a with a playing of what Ezra was going to call the national anthem for what country remains after Alberta splits. And he called the made up country <laughs> Albumbia and he sings at the end of every single one of our episodes the theme the national anthem for Albumbia.
1: It's <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> oh my god. I uh, cannot wait to hear that.
0: But yes, I mean, like, yeah, she was involved in Wexit. A lot of the other convoy people were involved in Wexit, too. And Wexit is associated uh, or has ties with the far right and everything. Uh, There's also instant parts where she claims to be Métis, along with a lot of the other far right people who claim aspects of indigeneity. And a lot of indigenous communities have come out against her claims to indigeneity. Uh, I don't like getting in those, like, squabbles, but I I do want to say, like, in part because it's not my place to say whether she is indigenous or not. It's more just, it's weird to me that a lot of the far right in Canada constantly want to, like, associate themselves with indigeneity in some, like, weird fashion. Uh, and so that's worth highlighting, even though I'm not I'm not going to investigate as to, what's the truth? Let's figure it out. Like, I, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. But, yes, so she... Violated her bail, or at least is accused of violating her bear her bail and Ezra claims the reasons why she was arrested Was because a photo was posted where she was standing too close to someone named Tom Marazzo Tom Marazzo was another convoy organizer who actually uh, Vienno knows from in real life <laughs> But uh, Tom Marazzo was also one of the main convoy organizers and According to her bail conditions, Tamara was legally obligated not to uh, talk or collude with Tom, according to Ezra. So this is how Ezra frames it. Ezra says this is ridiculous because the photo just shows them standing there, and that you can't prove from the photo that they were talking to each other. The photo itself comes from an an event a month ago that was held by the JCCF, where they were awarded Tamara Lich a Freedom Award. And Ezra was also at this event where there's plenty of selfies with him and Tamara as well. So.
1: <laughs> I don't know why they have cameras at the JCCF events because a couple of years back, actually, there's a, a really good press progress story um, based on a photograph of uh, Christy Blatchford, post media columnist extraordinaire, now deceased. Uh, a shame. Photographed with uh, a... Yeah, what a shame. I <laughs> uh, shouldn't laugh. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> she was photographed with uh, a fellow by the name of Paul Fromm. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, we
0: are very aware of Paul Fromm here. Uh, yes, yes, no neo-Nazi.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Former teacher, uh, current Holocaust denier, Paul Fromm. Uh, photoed with uh christy blatchford so donator of money to Derek sloan <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah kind of kind of cost Derek sloan his political career which i mean okay. broken clock right <laughs> twice a day right so true, true. <laughs> <can't>. <laughs> but yes my point was they should not have cameras at these things because uh all you're doing is getting Tamra fired and, uh... Or arrested, in this case, for breaking fired, her bail sorry. conditions. Arrested for breaking her bail conditions. And, like, that, it was, like, an award ceremony for her, right? It certainly like was. That was the thing. She was getting, like, the Freedom Award. So they
0: gave her this award so that she could break the law by inviting the people to the thing. <laughs> she was not supposed to be around. Well, let's... Let's let's throw a party for Tamara. And here's like okay, so the JCCF, all of her lawyers are a part of the JCCF, right? So her lawyers know about her bail conditions. And we're like, you know what's the best thing? We know about your bail conditions. Let's invite Tom to the party. And then
2: <laughs> it's
0: even great there because all of them are also the lawyers for Tom. So
2: <laughs> they're so
4: fucking stupid.
1: They're <laughs> so dumb. Um, well, like, the JCCFs, like, found, or, like, the executive director last year, yeah. Um, guy by the name of John Carpe got in a spot of trouble because he hired a private investigator to dig up dirt on a specific judge. Yeah. Um, he got in trouble for that. He was asked to step away from, uh, from the JCCF I mean, for a time. I don't know if he's, he's back. No, now, he's but,
0: back. He's their leader again. He was only out for, like, a couple months. But then, like, the weird thing is, he still, he used to be a frequent guest on Ezra's show, but after that incident, mm-hmm. he hasn't been a guest uh, on on Ezra's show since. A ton of other JCCF lawyers have been a guest, uh, including one in the next segment. But
1: <laughs> Fantastic. All, just the brightest minds at the JCCF. Barbara Kay used to be on their board as well. She stepped away after the incidents. Yeah. With, uh with the private investigator as well. As far as I'm Um, aware, Lindsay
0: Shepard is still on their board, so. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Unless that's changed, but she
0: at least used to be. Or if not on the board, she's like a staff member of some kind.
1: How embarrassing is like Lindsay Shepard just as a person? Like she had like a one, like one free speech moment, like eight years ago that she has been milking ever since and she has like these cushy, like, uh, board positions and, like, does stuff as, like, adjunct scholars or, like, a visiting fellow for, like, some dog shit right-wing think tank. It's incredible. I know. It's
0: (laughs) it's just so messed up. So, like, I I do – so let's get to a question. So this is the explicit bail conditions, all right? According to her bail conditions, she's not allowed to talk with ten named individuals without her legal representation (laughs) being present, Okay. And one of those named individuals is Tom Marazzo. Now, with that knowledge, what do you think about the photograph and whether you think she violated her bail conditions? So the photograph shows her side by side with Tom Marazzo and a few other people, but she's right next to Tom Marazzo. But it's just a photograph that was posted online. Now, again, the explicit bail conditions says she can't talk with Tom without legal representation. All you have is this picture. What do you think?
1: Was her lawyer taking the picture? (laughs) We
0: will will get to some of those questions, but interesting. So you think, so if the lawyer was taking the picture though, do you think that that she's safe or did she still violate the bail conditions?
1: No, I feel like um, deliberately inviting someone to an (laughs) event honoring the specific person that they weren't allowed to uh, be around is like... I mean I would say like a fairly flagrant violation of bail conditions, right? If
0: at least that's getting really close I to the I was
1: lie. told Yeah, if I was told that um I couldn't be around somebody like within a, a specific distance or not allowed to speak to them, and then I invited them to my birthday party. Um I feel <laughs> I feel like that would not go over well. Um and so I'm not surprised that this did not go over well.
0: Okay, well, we, we will come back to it. The The final thought about this, like, last sort of, like, moment is that Ezra further claims that they took this long to arrest her. Because, again, that that JCCF gala happened in May. They arrested her right. on the 28th uh, or 27th of June. And, of course, this upcoming—and this is the first time you hear about it on Ezra's show— but there was this upcoming protest for July 1st where another trucker convoy was going to arrive at Ottawa. We're now past July 1st. We know nothing happened, really. There was a few skirmishes and a bunch of racist dipshits were parading around Ottawa. But, like, nothing like what happened back in February happened. But Ezra thinks that the reason why they arrested her now as opposed to earlier since the gala event took place in May was because they wanted to keep her from somehow being a part of this convoy. But we will return to this in a moment i want to take one diversion because ezra then so i guess what he wants to do with this episode is be like look at how uh, all these people are being treated due to like the covid mandates that we had right so he wants to go through a few more examples and the only other one that's sort of like worth highlighting right now is he wants to talk about this uh church uh church of the vines they're in alberta they were charged and then uh fined and eventually so what ezra is responding to is recently the fines were finally like uh given by the government they were charged eighty thousand dollars because they refused to allow health inspectors into their church uh during the the pandemic now the reason why the health inspectors were called were obviously because people were concerned about violations that were happening and the so the the argument made by church of the vine was how dare you? You're interrupting our church services uh, by coming in with your inspection. Now, you got to understand like, why it's pretty obvious why this is like not good to do to an inspector. Because it's like, why would you have the health inspector come around when you're not doing the normal things that you would be doing such that they wouldn't be able to catch any violation, right? So it's like, of course, the health inspector has to be there when you're holding your service to know that you're not breaking any of the COVID mandates. But they're like, you're interrupting mm-hmm. our service. You're not allowed entered, or to enter into our our church. And because of that, they got fined for blocking uh, the inspector. And of course, Ezra is just like, up in arms with this, because like, how dare a health inspector interrupt uh, a church service?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's freedom of religion nonsense, right? Like, like obviously they're trying to block the inspector from seeing them circumvent. Uh, specific COVID restrictions, right? Like, it's, it's such a transparent lie. Like, it's, clearly they were breaking the rules.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's so obvious. It's so, it's so obvious. And of course... And he's just like, how dare they? And of course what, they didn't get... Do their job? <laughs> right. And of course they didn't get fined for violating any of the rules because they didn't let the health inspector.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh. So the other thing that's great is I I usually what I do is I when I listen to the episodes and like something comes up, I do like a preliminary uh, search just to see if this is an interesting story that I might want to clip things and talk about it or whatever. And so at this point in the week, I hear this episode and I go to search and I find this one, the sole CBC article talking about Church of the Vine. And they have a picture, okay, that has the lawyer and the two pastors at the church And then uh, Sheila Gunn Reid of Rebel News. And the CBC article lists her as an unidentified woman.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is fantastic. (laughs) That rules because, like, either it was, you know, um, a J school student doing their internship and they just didn't know who they were, or it was a journalist who did know who it was. And deliberately did not identify
0: (laughs) I hope it's (laughs) the latter. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) But anyways, we we will come back to the unidentified woman picture. Because it comes up later. But like when I found it without knowing that later they will talk about it, I was like, that's incredible. But they actually do talk about it. And that is funny in and of itself. But we get to the interview portion of the show. And the interview portion is with... Keith Wilson, who is one of the lawyers who is representing Tamara Lich with the JCCF. Okay? So Keith is here to set things straight about the bail violations. Oh, I should say, we'll get the racism part out of the way first, because Ezra, of course, has to make it about Muslims again. This is just. (laughs) So here we get a comparison between Tamara Lich and Omar Kadar.
3: Oh, boy. I couldn't help but think, tamarilich Litch, Métis grandma, not accused of anything other than what I call political crimes, no violence, of course, shackled and escorted across the country. I was on an Air Canada flight to Halifax and the convicted confessed Al Qaeda terrorist and murderer, Omar Cotter was flying first class. I was in economy class. Omar Cotter, who Trudeau took off the terrorist no fly list as part of his deal. Ten and a half million dollar payment, public apology, and taking him off the no-fly list. I was on an airplane with Omar Cotter, who was sipping drinks in first class. And Tamara Leach is going to be shackled and escorted by two Ottawa cops to sit in prison in Ottawa until another judge gets around to looking at this bail alleged breach it is infuriating and how could it be anything other than a political this is this is political from top to bottom
1: so first off I mean for the folks at home that are not familiar with who Omar Khadr is uh, he was a 15 year old who was arrested or like taken as like a, a taken prisoner then like they coerced a confession out of him like how did they under, coerce uh, it Eric? Oh, um, a little thing they like to call um, um, persuasive conversation. No, they tortured him. Yeah. Right? Did they not? Yeah, they tortured Omar Khadr, and uh, and they imprisoned him for years and years and years and years. And then uh, there was a court case, um, and the government settled with him. Because, because they knew because they were going to lose. He was probably going to win the case. <laughs> he was going to... Who's going to win the case and get a lot more money? And so the government settled. And uh, it has been a sore spot for the right wing in this country for years now. Years and years. It's incredible. But, like, to compare Tamara Lich to Omar Khadr is, like, so fucked up. Because, like, Omar Khadr, if he's 15 years old and in a war zone, he's a child soldier. Um, Tamara Lich is just some dumb fuck from Alberta, right, that, like brought a bunch of trucks over like those, not comparable situations
0: no a 15 year old who uh, gets uh, a, a false confession through torture and then was tortured for years in a pri- an extrajudicial prison outside of u.s at guantanamo bay uh and is kept there and tortured for decades that's the equi- that is he got treated so much more nicely than tamara lich who got arrested for being an idiot and breaking her bail conditions and therefore yeah. had to be shackled on an airplane to go to Ottawa so she could go to her bail hearing where like at most she's probably going to get less than a year worth of prison time for the stupid things that she's doing. Meanwhile, oh my God, we're so nice to Omar Khadr because we settled a lawsuit with him after we allowed the United States government to torture him for decades.
1: they like, <laughs> Again, a child. Yeah. Like, he was a child. And they tortured him. Like, it just, ugh. It's so fucked up. Um. Also, like, Ezra, like, comparing Cotter in first class, and he's like, I was sitting in economy. It's like, oh, yeah, you've got it way worse than Omar Cotter. For sure.
0: I mean, when, God, when we covered this, so he, ha- of course, like, made a big scene about it on his show. But, like, he's, like, stalked Carter down the airport and was, like, yelling at him. And, like, the airport security had to, like, move Ezra and just, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. No, what an asshole. So, yes, of course, that's, and, like, of course, like, the framing here is all just to use these people fear of Muslims to, like, mm-hmm. get them riled up about the treatment of Tamara Lich here. Uh, which is really gross, really fucking gross. So worth playing mm-hmm. and highlighting, even though yes, uh, completely absurd and stupid that Ezra just did that. So now we get to the bail conditions themselves, and Ezra uh, and Keith. So I'll just this is this is going to be a fantastic journey. So we'll, we'll just get the the first forays into them discussing the bail, uh, the bail, the breach of bail. I guess. So here it goes.
3: The allegation the the accusation, was it really because she was in a selfie photo with a bunch of people, including another trucker, and they're all, you can see the photo, they're all quiet, posing for the photo, no one's even talking. This was at the Justice Centre for Constitutional Freedom gala dinner in Toronto a couple of weeks ago. Was it really that photo that caused the Ottawa police to issue a national warrant for her arrest? tell me that's just an internet rumor is that true
2: it is uh, it is absolutely true we confirmed it that's it afternoon. was there anything
3: else was there anything else
2: no there I, that I'm photo that's i i you know my, my I, I line is with her. what Go they ahead. didn't like her dress you know wasn't formal enough but let me be more precise about this so you have a number of very well-dressed men and women like we like to do occasionally now that we're allowed to go to banquets and galas yeah. and award dinners and, 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 weddings and other events. Um, she's there getting a freedom of award. One of the restrictions on her bail conditions is that she not associate or communicate with certain individuals, except in the presence of counsel. Ezra, you were there, you know, there was lots of lawyers in the room, oh, not sure. only just lawyers in the room, Tamara's lawyer. lawyers were in the room yeah. because I lead two teams of them and as well as Tom Morazzo's lawyers were there and so they have a photograph taken together with the lawyers off camera uh, Tom Marazzo of course just so everybody's clear he's not just any Canadian he's a retired army officer he's an army captain who served our country he's standing there looking distinguished and and his nice suit with his haircut and pressed and, and, you know, just even looking at that pictures and you've got to put it, and you put it on your screen for the audience to say to yourself that taking a picture like that is enough under Trudeau's Canada.
3: Now to what's get the word the of
2: Canada the- wide warrant and thrown now, in jail.
0: So how do we feel now about the argument? Oh, ter-
1: <laughs> uh, they should all be arrested. Um, No. Uh, So like, one, the fact that they were not talking in the still photo. Yeah. Um, that's not an argument. That's not even close you, wait, to an argument. are you argument. telling me that photographs Two, do not produce audio? <laughs> they don't. And it's, it's also... It's, it's a still shot where you're not supposed to be talking because you make silly faces while you're talking. It, it looks weird. And I... I can't ever shut up. So like every photo of me is like my face doing like a weird thing as I'm like yelling something. Um, but yes, on top of that, the, you know, there's no lawyers in the picture, but they're, they're probably around there somewhere or other. Like that's, that's really thin. <laughs> it's like, like if you're, if you're in legal trouble, And the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms offers to help. Consider other options. Because, (laughs) holy fuck.
0: I I do, like, the the, the other, like, extension is, like, you could argue, okay. My lawyers are somewhere in Canada. So they're, like, present, metaphorically speaking.
1: Yeah, they're existing on the same space-time continuum I am. So it's, it's fine. They're right over there. It, uh, oh my God. I could not imagine going to an event like that. It, just like all the worst people in the entire world at the same shitty banquet. Uh, so
0: I have one more uh, clip uh, to play before I go into a bit more details. So Ezra okay. does want to get super specific about the language of her bail condition. And so he's going he's gonna to sort of push... Keith here. So let's see. Let's see where this goes.
3: What is okay. the wording of the bail condition? Because I, I think I heard you say associate and I think I heard you say communicate because it they says, are standing. It says
2: communicate. Sorry, I misspoke. I, I, I okay, have it on well, I'm glad,
3: And the reason I clarified that is because you can see their mouths uh, are closed. They're standing, posing for a picture. There was no communication going on. I, I'm sure you But even if there pictures. were, even if yeah. there were.
2: There was a number of lawyers that just the day before we had finalized the application where mm-hmm. I was. I received a letter, and we'll talk about this in another program, from the lawyer, one of the commission counsel for the commissioner, the retired judge who's conducting the public inquiry into the invocations of the Emergency Act. They reached out to me, said, are you still representing Tamara, Tom, Chris, et cetera? If you mm-hmm. are, please file an application to participate in our inquiry. So, I needed to talk to them. Some of the lawyers on that team of mine from the Justice Center were
3: in the room. But, and you're making an excellent technical defense, but I would say there was no communication. I was in that room. I had a selfie with Tamara myself. There was a lineup of people who, you know what it's like everyone smile, click. Next, everyone smile, click. The most that would have been communicated is hi, hey, bunch together. There was, it's so obviously a stretch.
0: So how, how do we feel now, Eric?
1: <laughs> I, uh, it's honestly, they are like digging themselves a hole. Cause it's like, even if there was communication, <laughs> there were lawyers kind of maybe around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to stand by my original point, which is uh, if part of your bail conditions are, don't be around specific people. Don't invite them to an event that is, centered around you it just seems like a dumb idea um and it also kind of it does kind of feel like it's like oh we're gonna do this and you're not gonna do anything about it it's gonna be fine
0: so remember in one of the earlier clips ezra asked if the photo was all they have it was so certain he said absolutely no it was the photograph that was the only thing they had absolutely okay now okay Keith is being super sneaky here, I guess is the legal term I would use, <laughs> because we now know, and he should have known already during the recording with Ezra, especially as someone who is representing Tomorrow or a part of the legal team that's representing Tomorrow, that the photo is in fact not the only piece of evidence that the prosecution has in terms of her violating her bail conditions. So it has been reported in other media outlets that, uh, reading the sort of like uh, case that's going forward here, that they also have a video where the prosecution alleges Tamara, after giving her accepted speech at the JCCF Gala, walks back to her table where she is seated next to Tom Marazzo, And you can see in the film, tomorrow, lean over and whisper something into Tom's ear, which is a form of communication that's visible, right? This isn't your your picture where their mouths are still. And the lawyers can't be present for that speech because it's it's purposefully being whispered into his ear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so... uh... So Keith isn't just being sneaky. He's uh deliberately lying. Yeah.
0: Unless unless somehow they just didn't let their lawyers know what the, what the prosecution was doing uh, before he
1: went on Ezra's yeah, show. Yeah, you know, you're right. We gotta we gotta be we gotta be generous. Um maybe he'd made a mistake.
0: Or he's just he's just a, a silly dum-dum.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just a bad lawyer. Maybe that's <laughs> Maybe he's awful at his job. I think that's uh <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. You know, we gotta we gotta just call balls and strikes here. Maybe he's just a, a complete dumbass, you know?
0: I I couldn't believe that. When I looked at it, I was like, that is so they have video at <laughs> <And> this <they're laughs>
1: spent the whole time going
0: on with this goddamn photo.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> oh
0: my god. Like fascism is gonna take over, and it's gonna be so stupid.
2: <laughs> how, did, how did they do this to us? <laughs> uh,
1: stop laughing when you say scary things like that. Stop. Because now I'm laughing, and I'm I'm also scared. Still, <laughs> I just oh god.
0: Ah. Uh, I like I it's it's <laughs> like I like I don't wanna downplay it. Like like what they're doing is like terrifying, but then it's like they're also just so stupid. Like I who were they trying to fool here? Like their audience isn't gonna find out with like her bail condition like when she loses the court case and they do yeah. like put her in prison or fine her for the breach of bail? Like it's gonna come out.
1: It's a lot easier to frame it as a grave injustice if you get ahead of it though, right? Like cuz then then perhaps it becomes a, a better uh staging point for a uh, some sort of uh free Tamara uh drive that you yeah. do. I don't know. Like it's it's all I mean, it's all very shallow and transparent, but uh <laughs> It's also just so poorly argued. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's almost like they don't get pushback. Like, they never hear anybody go like, well, what about this? It's like, if I had a gullible and stupid audience, I would probably also get sloppy. You know?
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just sad. It's just sad. Yeah. Uh. So I will, there is one more clip where, you know, I talked about Ezra saying about the July 1st conspiracy, about how, like, the reason why they arrested her when they did is so she couldn't go and be there for July 1st, and Keith disagrees, or or brings up a, a rebuttal to Ezra that I think is a good rebuttal, but then he further goes on his own sort of conspiracy about it, which I think is equally ridiculous.
3: Ooh. So <laughs> fun timing that selfie was posted a couple weeks ago and yet they waited till now it's so clear because they want to take her out of commission during this second rally in ottawa on canada day it couldn't be more transparent it's infuriating to me but think Let me about ask one you, step
2: further one step yeah. further what if, if if they're worried about the protests that are planned by others that we've all heard about going on in ottawa mm-hmm. remaining peaceful isn't it a provocative move to bring her from medicine hat and put her in the jail in downtown ottawa isn't that a provocative move this is very concerning it seems like in the when you when you were in ottawa and many people observed this the police were looking for a fight they were yeah. looking for to do provocative things and the truckers always kept their cool. They followed yeah. Jordan Peterson's advice. Yeah. They kept their cool. And then yeah. it here, it seems like they're being provocative again.
0: They wanted to stir them up, which is why they arrested her when they did. See?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And like, no, the police were not like provocative, not in the same way that they would be with like leftist activists where they would kettle them and then tear gas them. And then, um, you know how, how dare you say that Eric? <laughs> the they shot
0: poor alexa the rebel reporter
1: <laughs> <laughs> right right my mistake um like i i mean some of that stuff at the the tail end of the convoy when they started clearing them out some people had a really bad time um i i have memories of a woman and a horse and it like being pretty close that wasn't good no i don't think i don't think use of force is ever particularly good I mean, um, I don't even think it,
0: what happened to Andrew Lawton was good, but it was still funny. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it's like it couldn't have happened to a better yeah. guy, right? Like, like um, we all celebrate Andrew Lawton getting pepper sprayed in the face. Like, we can't, how how could you not? Uh, but yeah, like, it is one of those things where it's it's like it's it's bad because it's happening to us for. The rebel folks, because they don't really have an issue with use of force or or um upsetting protesters. Oh no, not at all. Um I, yeah, they're I would say they're probably in favor of it a lot, but now because I mean they're they're all buddy Tamaras, uh freedom is being assaulted. Freedom's under attack on account of her breaking her bail conditions.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um and as we know nothing brain is like imploding and
0: as we know nothing happened july 1st it came and went and nothing happened
1: well that's that's the thing like they're like talking about like it's gonna incite the crowd it's like all eight guys that were there (laughs) like yeah i guess okay
0: i think there was one skirmish that happened between the protesters and the police this uh on july 1st or it was the day before july 1st i think when that happened but beyond that like nothing really happened uh, a bunch of fascists just walked mm-hmm. around like a bunch of idiots and then went home.
1: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a, a lone convoy guy in my neighborhood a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Okay. He was like dressed like Garth Brooks. It was so funny. He had the two Canadian flags that had like freedom convoy written in Sharpie on them. And they're like little, little flags on the windows. And I. I couldn't help. It. I just burst out laughing. As I was walking past. It was so funny. Just like a one man convoy. I,
0: every once in a while, I find on like uh, while driving on the four hundred one, uh, you'll find a uh, a car that still has like the etchings of like F Trudeau and like, <laughs> like truckers rule. Like, but it's like starting to fade away. And <laughs> and I just like. Oh, my God. You didn't have the common sense to Going to, to soccer practice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, scrape it off. Scrape it off or at oh. least touch it up so that it looks brand new again.
1: <laughs> yeah, have some self-respect.
0: Yeah. So that's it. That Well, at least that was the 28th. So we get to the 29th. We're on uh, Wednesday. <laughs> this week's moving fast. The rest oh, of the man. week now... We've gotten through, I think, most of most of the stuff. So this is going to go by really quickly. But uh, Ezra's whole opening monologue on the 29th is that he thinks that there will be more lockdowns in the fall. Uh, he might actually be right about that, given the things that you said earlier. I, I, In some sense, I hope that if they're necessary, the government actually does do that. But, of course, Ezra's trying to fearmonger that it's the world economics plan, it's the Great Reset, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't really care to rehash mm-hmm. that, so we're not going to. <laughs> uh but then of course so his guest is sheila Gunn reed and they're on to talk about the church of the vine story again and uh, the only thing that i want to play from this is that they do address the unidentified woman clip and so this is (laughs) this is a super short clip but it's amazing so this is how ezra spins the unidentified woman a picture
3: was there a single other reporter that you saw either covering the trial or reporting about it from long distance, a single other reporter?
5: Not one. In fact, uh, CBC finally caught up to my reporting when the church was convicted about 10 days later. (laughs) And they, they found out from trolling Pastor Tracy's Facebook page and I think they even published a picture of me that was taken with Church in the Vines, calling me an unidentified woman, even though they
2: know.
3: <laughs> they copy thing. your story and then they call you an unidentified woman. They have to say that to to cover their tracks so that they were just rewriting your work.
1: So I have not read this story. I'm very skeptical that they lifted from Sheila Gunn because because, uh, I mean, there's lots to criticize, of, like any news organization, but there are standards and practices. I used at the CBC.
0: Having read the article, I will say, it is literally just like a factual article based on what I'm guessing is the release from the court about the final decision that you didn't need to rely on anybody else's reporting. It was, in fact, and like they make this claim about like you were the only reporter at the court. You honestly didn't need to send a reporter. You just got like this was the decision and the piece is just regurgitating what the court said. So
1: You literally can just go to a courthouse. Yeah. And ask for documents. Yeah. For a specific cases. Like you can do that. No, Sheila. I can do that. Sheila
0: needed to be there in person to get like the the person story of it. Like to to know how these pastors feel about what happened. Like no one cares about this story, yeah. Sheila. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no. The reason no one was there to cover it is because like there's actually other things to cover, um, that aren't just like um, COVID grievance manufacturing, right? And two like,
0: people who didn't want uh, health inspectors to come during Sunday service. Yeah. Those, those are the people we
1: really need to like fight for their rights. You know, the courthouse was packed. There was eight hundred reporters there. <laughs> they're in an overflow room. Uh, no, they're. It's so pathetic. Yeah. It's so, but like, I do like that they were laughing at. Uh, the CBC not knowing who Sheila Gunn Reid was. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like, how do they not know me? <laughs> but of you course, it like, has to be because they're
0: plagiarizing it. it can't because they yeah.
1: literally just don't know who you are. Yeah, exactly. Like, I honestly, if I walked past her on the street, I do not think I would recognize Sheila Gunn I
0: probably would, um, but uh, I've dedicated a lot more time to this.
1: <laughs> probably more than the average
0: reporter, I think. So.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
0: We'll go on right to June 30th then. So, uh, again, the opening monologue, I don't care. Trudeau is uh, apparently ruining airports as a part of the Great Reset plan. Uh <laughs> I don't understand this.
1: It's just airport bad, Trudeau bad. Um, Trudeau did rule because airport and now airport slower because Trudeau. Like, it's it's stupid. Like, these people always act like... Um, the things that are happening in Canada are happening in a vacuum. It's, uh, Pearson is slow right now. Um, other airports across the world are also incredibly slow. Um, gas prices are very high in Canada. Same with everywhere else. The other thing he
0: does about this story that's really, like, sad every single time is he goes, oh, they had to fire so many employees because of these vaccine mandates. Meanwhile, there was no, like, mass firings because of the vaccine mandates. In fact, the layoffs came Mm -hmm. way before there was vaccine mandates because there wasn't enough people flying because there was a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then it's much harder Mm -hmm. to hire these people back because these other people now have other jobs, other things. And now you have to retrain a bunch of people to refill those positions. And it's not going to happen overnight.
1: Yeah. And... Honestly, there have been a lot of people that have left the industry that they previously worked in, right? Like a lot of people had jobs where they were customer facing. And for some reason during a pandemic where there's a debilitating a debilitating illness that uh, is spread through the air <laughs> from breathing face-to-face contact with people. Let me be in a metal tube um, with them. Yeah, a, like, a, where the air just gets recycled constantly, right? Like, I, why would anybody, like, risk that if, if their heart wasn't entirely in it, right? Like, it, it's very high risk right now.
0: But you see, the problem is vaccine mandates. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, right, right, sorry. And then they also, like, forget the fact that, like, a lot of people that work customer service jobs also died during the pandemic. Like, they don't ever talk about that, like, ever. No. It's like, oh, no, no, they were fired because of the Great Reset. It's like, oh, no, like, you know, tens of thousands of people died in this country, right? Like, over a million in the States. Like I Never talk about I don't think it. that. No. I don't think that like, ever comes up on the I, show, ever. I was like, why, why talk about the thing that would take air out of your sails? Yeah. You know?
0: It gets worse. So he, he interviews a guy named uh, Rav Aurora. Have you ever heard of this
1: person? Never. No,
0: he, he's new to me too, but apparently he's written for the New York Post uh, and also Glenn Greenwald's Substack. stack. So, uh, what what a champ.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, he's an asshole. And
0: apparently his article for uh, the New York Post was about how Canada is now an authoritarian state uh, because of her vaccine mandates. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Uh, yeah i didn't care to look into this guy he he sounds like an asshole but like all all they talk about on the show is about the the vaccine mandate stuff and then ezra wants him to like chime in about myocarditis because apparently he wrote an article on his substack about myocarditis this unknown guy just like let's let's hear your thoughts on a medical condition and ezra prefaces it by saying there are no mild cases of myocarditis now this is something we've been over like tons of times like whether you want to call it mild or not it is, like, a weird thing to say. Uh, but the fact of the matter is a lot of people who have myocarditis, it goes away after a few days, and it doesn't cause any long-term, like, health consequences. So they're already, like, they're pitching it as if it's this, like, life, it's so, it could kill you, it's life-destroying, etc. And, like, some people have died of the condition, but, like, overall, mm-hmm. worse things exist in the world.
1: Yeah, like covid
0: Well, so here's the thing. They're going to argue that uh, myocarditis is caused by the vaccines, and they're aware that it's also caused by getting COVID infected, right? But Ezra then asks, so Ezra refers to it as statistical murder. He says that, like, if you're giving people the vaccine and it's likely to cause, like, uh, some myocarditis cases, and those cases lead to death, then therefore it's a statistical murder. You vaccinate a lot of people, a lot of people are going to die from myocarditis. And especially if it's more than you would if you had the infection or whatever, then that means that it's statistical murder for forcing these vaccines on everyone. And so then he goes to Rav and says like, okay, give me the numbers. And the only numbers that Rav gives is he says that young men between 18 and 25 are more likely to get myocarditis uh, than those who, uh, who get the vaccine, than those who get uh, COVID, uh, right? So it's this one one cohort is more likely to get myocarditis from the vaccine than the virus.
1: Now- <laughs> A million people, Joey. A million people in the United States died of COVID. And how many people died of
0: myocarditis due to the vaccine?
1: Less. I'm assuming I don't know of
0: any, to be honest. (laughs) But I'm assuming less. If there was more, we would probably hear about it. Uh, But of course, like, they they don't get into that aspect of the argument. It's just like, this one cohort showed a statistical significance increased likelihood of getting myocarditis than those who were infected by the the virus. Although the virus is is six times more likely to give you uh, myocarditis than the vaccine. uh, Across all uh, groups. So if you get infected, you're more likely to get myocarditis. But it's not likely if you have COVID and you get myocarditis that it's the myocarditis that is going to kill you. It's all the other things that COVID does to you. Mm-hmm. So why? Like, none of this makes any sense. All the all the studies that he even cites, he cites a bunch of studies that show that there's this increased risk for this like small cohort. All of those say that vaccination is still the the better option than to
1: And it's like it's obviously it's yes. just The way that they string these things together, it's it's so, like, house of cards, like, just...
0: We're this far into the pandemic, and they're still, like, bringing this shit out, though. Like, this was, like, an old talking point from, like, months ago, and you're still gonna fucking, like, bring this guy on to, like, chat with your audience about, like, shit he doesn't know? Like, it's just so amazing that, like, we're this far in, and people are still trying to doubt the efficacy of vaccines.
1: Well, I mean, what else are we gonna do, right? Like, you know, smarten up and then actually like handle the pandemic like adults? Well
0: what well what, like, also, what's happening right now? It's like we've moved on. We're like, what are we doing? No one's wearing masks, no one's distancing anymore. Everyone's hanging out. everyone's making out and spitting each other's mouths. like we've like, yeah, it's done. And then there's still like, oh, vaccine's bad when it's like no one there's no mandates anymore
1: they they don't have any talking points they've like they got so stuck on the on the one note that they yeah. they don't know how to get back to like the old stuff i mean we'll we'll get the universities are full of marxists again like they'll <laughs> they'll remember
0: well i mean like, who who do you think's in control of those vaccine trials
1: <laughs> mm.
0: so we now move on to the final day friday the july 1st episode and it's a, an hour-long interview with our boy, uh, Andrew Lawton, who has produced a new book about the Freedom Convoy. Ugh. And, uh... Oh, my God. No, it's... Uh, honestly, the interview sucks, too. Like, it, almost nothing in here worth going over, except close to the end. Okay. I mean, at one point, they do talk about uh, Andrew being pepper-sprayed in the face, and Ezra acts surprised like he didn't know that that happened. <laughs> uh, I did find that funny. And, of course, Ezra brings up Ele- his his poor reporter Alexa was shot. Uh, I love He always talks about it as her being shot when she was likely hit by a rubber bullet. Uh, but they make it sound like she was shot with a tear gas can- canister. <laughs> no evidence that this happened. but uh, Sure, right. But she was shot, didn't you know? So we like
1: with a real <laughs> bullet,
0: yeah. Well, he never specifies now. Now he just has to say they shot my reporter.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's just really tough.
0: Yeah. So, at, at one point, Ezra brings up Pat King because they're talking about the organizers of the <laughs> convoy. So we already talked a lot about Tamara Lich. Now we get Pat King, who, again, he's like someone who popped off about the Great Replacement conspiracy theory. theory He's another person who claims to have indigeneity, even though I don't know what's the status of that. Uh, he, he's just like every other, and and like he's dabbled in some Holocaust denial. He's he's just a, a lovely, lovely, wonderful dude. Some distancing happened with Pat King and the convoy, but we'll get into that a bit. They want to uh, Ezra wants to talk about Pat King because he wants to distance Pat King from the convoy itself. So let's see if you find his argument uh, convincing.
3: Give us a little bit of who's who in the zoo there. I really like Tamara, and it pains me to see how she's being bullied by police and the courts. But there were some people involved who I thought were entryists, uh, maybe even feds. Like I think of Pat King, who was so abusive in his comments and so reckless, I couldn't help but think that's a narc. That's someone who is here to discredit uh, because every national security and police organization and left-wing group in the country said, this is the opposition. This is the enemy. Obviously, they want to infiltrate. Obviously, and, and this isn't just speculation on my part. We had two people at the, at the Coots trucker blockade in Alberta. We had two reporters there. And there were uh, police informants in the room, uh, we later learned. So, of course... Uh, CSIS and the RCMP and police forces had people in the organization.
1: So the Kuznick blockade is is an interesting thing because obviously the police would ha- try and have informants in the room because uh, that blockade sort of fell apart after there was evidence shown that they had plans to shoot cops. Did they not?
0: Yes, and Ezra has not once talked about that on the show. Uh Especially because... Cons- Despite having two reporters there. Two reporters who were embedded there from the start. And, and they then crowdfunded a lawyer who is currently representing the people who <laughs> who allegedly were plotting to kill police officers.
1: Yeah, they don't talk about who the embedded um, undercover cops were at the Coots blockade. Um, if If they were there... And, I mean, they probably were because they actually, like, they actually, like, laid some charges. But... um
0: Doesn't surprise me, but this is the first time he's ever brought it up. This is the first time I've heard about this.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, like, I guess the thing I was going to say is, like, I don't know if the organizers would be um the best people for, for the feds to portray, right? Like... I I feel like if Pat King was like actually like an undercover RCMP officer or like some intelligence asset, like then you're getting into like entrapment. That's what he wants to do, though. Exactly. He raises the same thing
0: every time uh, they talk about militia movements or January 6th in the States is he always brings up the Gretchen uh, Whitmer case in Michigan where a bunch of militia men plotted to kidnap her. And he claims that they were infiltrated by the FBI who then sort of like entrapped them to to follow through with the plans. Now, I think that a lot of left-wing people even get that story wrong. I think like uh, we can uh, quibble about the extent to which the FBI uh, were involved and how bad their involvement was, but their plans predated the FBI's involvement. So it's like it's not like the FBI came in and gave the idea to them. Uh, And so to me, it's like it doesn't quite reach entrapment. But Glenn Greenwald and all these other people sort of like constantly go on about it being entrapment. And Ezra has connected onto that. And I feel like he's trying to make the coots thing in which he was involved. His reporters were there. The lawyers were involved, et cetera, et cetera. And he now wants to make this probably a story about entrapment, if I had to guess.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's just, I mean, (laughs) it's really dumb because Pat King is, like, a known quantity. Yeah. Like, he's, he's been around forever. It's not like he just, like, appeared out of nowhere. It's like, no. He's someone who was vaguely associated with Ezra back at the beginning
0: of the Wexit movement. So.
1: <laughs> oh, this country is so fucking stupid. Yeah, Jody, I was like, why, why was I born here?
0: Now, Andrew Lawton is going to talk about Pat King now. But here's the he brings up a good point, which is that Pat King has been in jail since February, okay? <laughs> He's probably been in jail longer than he would have received time for after he goes to trial. So once he gets his trial, he likely will not be put in prison because he already spent his time.
1: Time served, yeah.
0: Now, why would a Patsy <laughs> be in jail right now? I, like... That doesn't come up, but like I just want you to keep that in your mind. Why would a patsy be in jail right now? But here's Andrew Lawton talking about uh, Packet
3: Pat King, who bizarrely remains mm-hmm. in in jail, and I don't think he should be in jail. But I know I do know that he is. Um, I mean, he, he's I think he's disreputable, and I'm glad that the uh, truckers uh, distance themselves from him. Um, uh, not too far into things. Let's pull back. No, from- it, I,
0: and I, if, if I may jump in there, and yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, Ezra, the Pat King thing was fascinating because I agree with you. I think what's happening is an injustice, but I also uh, point out that I, I don't have any time for him. I, mm-hmm. I don't actually think he adds anything to the discourse. So yeah. I don't defend him because I think there's value in what he says. I defend mm-hmm. him because I think everyone is entitled to, to do process. Mm-hmm. But this idea of organizers distancing themselves from him
5: did not come late. It came early, early, right, early. Right, right, right. Certainly, he was involved at the ground level and he used mm-hmm. his platform to promote the convoy. You can't separate him from the
0: convoy story. Mm-hmm. But I, I really did delve into it. And, and a big part of the book early on
5: is what role did he have? And, and he was there. He was a booster. He was a promoter, but he was never an organizer. Right.
3: I think that's true.
5: <laughs> never an organizer.
1: <laughs> and it was, uh, in fact, that was not true. Despite you thinking it. as <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, I think that's true. For sure. Not true. Um, no packing was, was responsible for uh, like organizing a bunch of the Northern Alberta contingent of the convoy. Like, and it's, like it's great that Andrew Lawton, the useless sack of shit that he is, <laughs> uh, is writing a book uh to blur the <laughs> blur the lines uh on you know what happened during the convoy. Uh but yeah, like, This
0: whole episode is nonstop gaslighting. It's, it's like it, reality
1: it is really not is. what it's
0: perceived <laughs> what you perceive it to be.
1: It's amazing. It's been amazing all the way through. And honestly, like, <laughs> just an absolute rogues gallery of, like, people being interviewed. Like, Sheila Gunn-Reed made <laughs> an appearance Andrew Lawton. Oh, my God. Like, uh the, a lawyer from the JCCF. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm going to have to, like, I'm going to go to bed tonight and I'm going to sleep for, like, four days from like the damage that this did to me. I almost
0: feel um. bad, well just in terms of length. Uh this this was a weird fucking week. Like <laughs> normally the weeks usually have a different structure, but this was like day after day of them just like saying things that were obviously not true. And like the, the kind of like imagine treating your audience like Like, like, it's, it's so, like, even though, like, the people listening to him are, like, probably themselves, like, shitbags, it's just such a disgusting thing to do, even to them, to just constantly lie to their fucking face.
1: All week. Yeah, yeah, but, like, even the quality of the content is just incredibly low. Like, it just, like, there's nothing, there's no reason to listen to those people. And, like, we know that because, I mean we read books and our brains (laughs) work fine. But, um, but, but like, it's also like, it is, it's a spit in the face of the audience every single day. Like there was not one redeeming quality of any of those segments, except for the, the hysterical laughter that we got (laughs) from listening to it. Um, it was, it was horrible. Yeah,
0: and I feel like I I did more research for our episode than he did for a single episode of, the, of his entire week. Like, I feel like he just shoots the shit off, like, off the cuff. Just complete nonsense without looking any of it up, without trying to, like, actually defend any of it, and doesn't do any research. And, like, the fucking people who watch his show just fucking gobble it up. Just gobble it up. And then we'll like hop on a convoy to protest vaccine mandates. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's great. (laughs) It's great when your uncritical audience um, is easily incitable. It's great.
0: You may not have anything. I did spring it on you last minute, but do you have a, like an article, a piece of media, anything? Be the Vienna we always know you to be.
1: <laughs> I, you know, those are some incredibly large shoes to fill. And I'm never going to, I'm never going to ever be a, a true Vienna substitute. But I did, I did have a recommendation for some good content for your listeners. Um, have you heard of this uh, this leftist media darling, uh, Jeremy Appel? Have you heard of this heard of this guy? He is a beautiful boy. Yes, <laughs> he, is, he is our beautiful boy, uh, Jeremy Appel, co-host of Big Shiny Takes with me and our other friend Marino Greco. Uh, he, Jeremy is doing a membership drive right. for his Substack, the Appel Orchard. Um, he's actually he's running. He, he's. There's about six days left, so by the time this episode is out, maybe it'll be closer to to two or three, but uh, all six conservative leadership candidates are going to be in Calgary for the Calgary Stampede, and uh, tickets to go to the event that they'll be at are $165, and Jeremy's trying to fundraise so he can attend and write about it, and honestly... We all need Jeremy to go to that thing because the thing that he will write will be hilarious and biting, but also incredibly accurate. So um check out the appel orchard. I'm sorry I'm doing like a, a fundraising drive for my friend Jeremy.
0: Also his work is great. So this is <laughs> but I also shared I shared this on uh Twitter already. So like I will I'll attach it to the episode and uh also when I when I post the episode to Twitter we'll also share it on there
1: as well. Fantastic. Well, honestly, thank you for um, putting up with me for two and a half hours while I screamed I'm, about. I'm sorry I uh, kept you for two and a half hours. <laughs> Normally they don't
0: go this long. Like, what? A, this was <laughs> as someone like because you have listened to our show. This was a weird fucking week. <laughs> like, I
1: don't... Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's. I mean, our other episodes go pretty long too, but like, I mean, I like the chat. It's yeah. fine. Like. <laughs> I had a good time, It's good, despite being very upset by the content, you know?
0: Well, thank you very much for for hanging out, and uh, everyone should go listen to Big Shiny Takes. If if you at all love what we're doing, you will love Big Shiny Takes, so please go over there and listen. And again, if you become a Patreon of either Eric's show or this show that you're listening to, you will have access to our uh, book review uh, episodes that we've been releasing as bonus episodes. So uh, if you enjoyed what you just heard, you will also enjoy those. So uh, thanks again. And uh, yeah, Sup- support what we do, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <That's- laughs> and I mean, this this little, well, I always have the intro, which is like, please give us a few bucks over on patreon.com slash imperial news, which will be a little redundant in me saying it. So I'll just uh, skip it. <laughs> But if you want to stay informed of what we're doing, you can also find us on Twitter at Imperial of the Z. We have a Discord set up. We do Twitch streams every Monday and Wednesday and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find videos on our YouTube channel. Uh, and you can find all the links to our show notes in this episode. I did say with the Twitch stream stuff, I, I might be switching those times up or bringing it back. I've been on a, a Twitch hiatus, which has improved my mental health. But <laughs> I don't know when uh, I will start that back up again. But I will do it uh, eventually, so... Uh, But lastly, you can email us any question at imperial.fake.news at gmail.com. Special thanks to my friend Mason Tickle for the transition beats. You can find his work at masontickle.com. Thank you for listening. And non-trucker, trucker-convoy organizers, you canceled.
3: (laughs) Albumbia, Albumbia, how lovely are your wheat fields.